0: 11 O'Clock Comics, Episode
1: 66 <laughs> oh, Six needed another oh, six Jesus. after
0: this <laughs> We're Mr. Wood, Spike in the Meter's we need another six to make it like real. Cool. Episode uh, that'll, six, that'll, that'll, that'll,
2: six,
3: six. When you go see Slayer, next
4: week though. Slayer.
0: We're gonna be on the side of the stage too, in the box. So if Marilyn sweats, I'm gonna get some on. Take awesome. Ew. Mmm. Ew. You. Mm, lick your lips. Ew. Hello, people. It's eleven o'clock comics. I am Vince B, and I think I have a piece of corn stuck in my tooth, but that's okay.
5: Your mm. <laughs> your one tooth.
0: My tooth.
4: <laughs> you tooth.
5: <laughs> I'm Christopher naisman and I'm surrounded by books and alcohol. Wow, it's true.
0: I'm David Price, prickly David Price. <laughs> 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 and
6: I am Jericho
0: Drum. No, you're not, and you're not going to be drawn by Leno Francis. You either, I don't think. Hills, yes. You are. What's your name? Jason Wood. Back in the house again. What's that? And since you're talking about uh, Marvel solicitations for the Brother Voodoo series, what is this shit with X Force? Can they not just produce an X Force comic, they have to cross it over with some other series?
5: Yeah. I've getting... been reading comics for the last 25 <laughs> but, years. But <laughs> no, I
0: just want to read X Force. I don't want to read New Mutants. I mean, I'll probably enjoy it, yeah. But I don't want to have to buy something else. I'm whining. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little. Whining. Let's talk about it. Already? at the I I start?
6: Damn. I'm we not whining yet. We're already whining. And, Dr. Voodoo, Sorcerer Supreme, baby.
0: As usual, hey, this episode is sponsored by DCBS, Discount Comic Book Service. Stop, quit it, cut it out, paying retail prices for your comic books. You don't have to. For more realistic, consumer friendly, in the zone, Doing the thing with my hands, comics pricing, go to dcbservice.com. They are awesome. They have fantastic discounts uh, 35, 45, 50, up to 75% off for your comics and assorted previews material. Anything that's in there, you can get it through them. They pack the books magnificently they stack them with love love, gingerly even and they wrap them in magazine bags and tape them horizontally and vertically pack the box with this alien foam injection system so your books will not move in transit it's awesome that's money right there dcbservice.com check them out they're the best for good people. So yeah. we're a little out of sorts tonight because it's actually not Wednesday. See, we're tricking you. It's, uh, peek behind the curtain. Woo. It's Tuesday, but that's it's okay. My,
5: it's my fault. But oh, Wednesday fault. Comics
4: still kicked ass.
0: It did.
5: Yes, Wednesday Comics was
4: still off. Three for three, baby. I'm telling you right now. Chris, Impeccable.
0: a.k.a. the spanner in the works. But that's okay. We love him. He's does Impeccable. Yes, you're the spanner in the works this episode.
4: Yes,
5: yes, yes. It's it's all my fault, but it's all it's all for a good reason. So right. So I'm...
4: I'm gonna we'll, go out and
6: have fun Wednesday. So We'll be glad oh, to instead sh- of as
4: usual Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs>
6: you'll you won't be, be having as much fun as usual, but you'll be having a different kind oh, of fun.
5: Yeah. Exactly. No, actually most of my Wednesday will be sit uh sitting in an airport, waiting for my boy to come in. So There you go. It's going to be a good time. So thank you guys for indulging me and moving everything to, uh, to Tuesday. I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate it so much that I'm two-fisting tonight. So oh. we, should, we should get to our – I've had a long day at work, so I, I was needing it. So um, let's get to the drink roll call. Um, Vance, why don't you go ahead and, and, and kick us off? Yeah, I what, get it. What, uh, so we
0: can start at the bottom of the hill and work our way up. I am drinking just plain old Diet Pepsi. No okay. max this week. No max, I, huh? No, I ran. I ran out, so I'm I'm yeah. tapping the. Oh, on the no max. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right.
5: You're are you gonna be ready to drink a little bit whenever you get to Chicago in a couple of weeks? I
0: don't know. We'll see. I'm sure I can fit. Um. You
5: know, no. Let me rephrase the question. Are you ready yeah. to drink
0: whenever you get to Chicago in a couple of weeks? I'm ready to buy comics. I'm ready to see my buds. Ooh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. And if drinking happens, we'll see what happens when we get there. We'll have fun. You don't gotta drink to have fun, well, do you? Well. No, you don't. It's this scintillating, witty conversation. And Tom is not going to be there, is he? Didn't I read? Tom,
6: Tom's not going to be there. Tom, so Tom's basically like every other uh, working comic book creator or celebrity.
0: Uh, see, that's where I think you're like shitting up a drainpipe. Because, oh, okay, so Frank chose nobody? Mike Allred's nobody? Come on, there's a nice list. No, well,
5: let's, let's be honest. Wizard has a nice guest list for a regional show. It's yeah. it's a nice regional show. It's not a national show, and that's okay. It's going to be a nice convention. It has a that's nice. Right. I mean, you know, it's got, it's it's got Mark Miller. It's got Frank Cho. it's <laughs> not a big. Um, Howard Shakin <laughs> is going to be there. Then after that, it's mostly media guests.
0: Eric but, uh, Larson, Francesco, Andy Jewett, Larson, Dave Wacker, Pat be there. Yeah, he's on the list.
5: Did Larson get added?
0: He's on the list. Really? I'm pretty, I'm pretty oh, sure.
4: Okay. Yeah. You know what? Wizard probably called and said they're from Windy City, so he said, "Sure, sign me up."
5: Maybe worse than next happen. year.
0: If them but, uh
5: no, no, it's um, we we're talking. You know, to digress a little bit here before the rest of the drink roll. Well, we we're looking at the press releases that Wizard is sending out, and it's 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 all. Uh, you know, they sent out their big their big press release for the show that uh, you know is their biggest guest list ever, and it, they named off about twenty five or thirty people in the guest list, and not one of them was a comic book creator, and that kind of showed me that. They're they're cool. really focusing on the media guests, and they have some awesome media guests: Edward James, almost Billy D. Williams, Taylor D. Dane.
0: Oh, Billy yeah, D. Williams
5: great. will be there. Oh. You know, but oh, I mean, those are awesome. Gonna... Taylor Dane, yep. yeah. Lou, Lou um, goddamn,
6: Ferrigno. Dude, wait, wait, wait. Oh, Taylor Dane. Yeah, yeah. dude, I got my uh, one of my dad's best buddies, and she's Jewish. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> One of banker. my dad's best buddies, and actually he was Jewish, and actually uh, my lawyer who represented me in a lawsuit after an 18-wheeler hit my, Jewish my car, lawyer? Uh, was da- dated Taylor, Taylor Dane for a while.
0: Ooh, freaking to bed?
6: He hit that. Oh, there dad. you go. Whoa. I don't, I don't want to it's, it's, talk, talk out of school, but I, I didn't hear it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: Now, wait, wait, wait. Did she have the brown hair or the blonde hair? Mm.
6: Dude, I, the oh, man. Did did my dad.
4: Well, I, guess, I guess the question is
5: is she, is she a true blonde?
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Hello, 11 o'clock comics. It's Logan from Regina. Guys, I'm still getting roasted about that dumbass comment that I said a while ago. But here's an example of the point that I was trying to get across. I was at my 20 year high school reunion the other day. I had just picked up the trade for I Kill Robots and had it in my bag. Thought it'd be a good thing to uh, maybe read on the plane, or if I was waiting around. There was a an exchange student that was staying with some friends of mine that came over, who was bored silly. I went over and talked to her. I asked her, you know, if she enjoyed comics or anything, and she said, "Yeah, she she thought it was fine." I went over. I gave her my I Kill Robots to read. She came back to me probably about an hour later and and handed it to me or handed it back to me and I asked her what she thought of it. She said she loved it. I gave her the book. That's what I mean by getting a trade book or if you're buying these comics or, or these trades or whatever and they're just sitting on your shelf, that's not the purpose. They're For us to read and enjoy and then to pass on. So if you got some stuff sitting on your desk that you don't like, give it to somebody. Donate it. Give it to a cousin. Give it to a nephew. Give it to a niece. Give it to the neighbor kid. Pass that stuff along, because maybe they'll see something in it that they like, and they'll get passionate about this. And the more people that get passionate about this great industry... And the stories and the artwork that we all enjoy, that's going to feed the fire and it's just going to get bigger and bigger and better. Comics aren't designed to sit in our boxes. They're not designed to just sit on a shelf unopened and unappreciated. No book is meant to do that. It's supposed to be handed out, passed around. That's what I meant. That's what I was trying to get across. Hopefully this helps out. I guess the bad thing is now, my I Kill Giants was my in my Regina pile. I'm happy with it because it got passed on, and I'm going to go buy another one.
6: We didn't have this discussion. I was—he's you know, not my contemporary. He's my 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 dad's contemporary. So but.
0: what do I do? Do I in the show notes? Do I put Taylor Dane down? Do I not put Taylor <laughs> Dane? <do> I, <laughs> but
5: but anyway, back back to where I was. It it really seems like Wizard is making this more of a uh, pop culture, sci-fi, and fantasy convention, which I think is very smart on their part. C two e two is going to have an amazing show in April. I, they're doing everything right. They you know just for like. A point of reference, like a week after uh, Wizard announced Taylor Dane, C2E2 announced Jeff Smith. I mean, that shows you the direction that the shows are going. And that's fine. I, I think that Chicago and the the Midwest needs a Dragon Con-like sci-fi and fantasy convention. I think it's a great market. They're going to have a lot of people there. And they're just going the media guests. Route and like even at Dragon Con they always have comic book creators there. It's just not the main focus of the show. So I think if that is the direction that they go, I think that's probably a smart way. But yeah. there's no no question that C two E two is going to be the premier comic book convention in the Chicago land, Basically, it's going to be a national convention, and Wizard's going to be a regional convention, and the then and then Windy City is just you know a nice little niche convention there in the middle. I was but, going
6: to say, you mean C2E2 is going to be the second best convention in Chicago this year? <laughs> mm-hmm.
5: I, I think that C2E2 is, you know, speaking realistically, they are going to be a national destination convention. The vibe for Windy City is something completely different. We want it to be an intimate and and really fun. Uh, be able to spend a lot of time with the creators. Um, it, it's just, it's just a completely different vibe it, for people out in San Francisco. We want Windy City to be like the uh, uh, SPX is to WonderCon.
0: But, you know, uh, as with life, a convention is what you make it. So you can go there and expect a certain thing and just camaraderie with your buds and, you know, you'll have a good time. And that's what I'm expecting, just to hang out with people I know and respect. Well, not all of them.
5: (laughs) 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 So... Wood, what are you drinking in this uh, prolonged drink roll call?
6: Seriously. Well, you guys, I'm sure, remember the story of the Dom Mimosas, because I know Chris was mortified at the time. Yeah. Uh, It's going back. And and, yeah, it's back in the day, right? Continuity, um, baby. And the Dom was a gift from a buddy of mine as a housewarming gift. Well, I hadn't seen that buddy until this past weekend, and I had a little uh, poker night slash pool party at my at my crib on Saturday. And he rolled in, and uh, so he, he brought tidings, and so I'm drinking one of his tidings, which is uh, I have a glass here of Johnny Walker Gold. Which uh, isn't half bad. I'm not. You know, it's not usually my my cup of tea, as I've mentioned. But it's uh, in honor okay. of his bringing it. Uh, I'm giving a little, little sippy sip, and it's it's pretty good sipping stuff, I have to say.
5: So there's red, black, and blue. Where does gold, gold fit in there?
6: Gold is 18 year age, so it's it's under blue. Blue is 25 year.
5: Okay, okay. So it would be red, black, gold, then blue. Correct. So, a really nice, like really, really nice scotch, but not at the upper end of the Johnny Walker. Correct,
6: correct. Blue's still had- the highest end, but uh, <sighs> but but this is still quite good. And like I said, I'm not one for sipping scotch typically, uh, but uh, but this is is pretty damn good. So I had a glass with uh, the night he brought it over, and then I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna have another glass of this when we record with the boys. So there you go. You. The
5: the Johnny Walker Blue is I don't drink scotch normally I'm not a big scotch drinker I don't like the peatiness of it I'm so I'm, I'm just not a scotch guy I had some Johnny Walker Blue and it blew my fucking mind it was the smoothest whiskey I've ever had it was blow my mind good
6: it, 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 like Ex-Lex. Yeah, well, I'd be curious how this stacks mm-hmm. up because I've never had blue, so I can't compare it to that. But uh, this is definitely smoother than, uh, like, I'm not a big fan of, of traditional Johnny Walker, so, mm-hmm. you know, put it that way. Yeah,
5: I, I, I don't really like scotch, but, yeah, the blue was blue was pretty awesome. Um, we had a, a listener, and darn it, I'm going to have to go back to the PM. Um, sorry, listener, I've forgotten your name. I will credit you next week. Knows that, obviously, I'm a bourbon fan. Yeah, I'm usually drinking bourbon whenever we record, um, asked me if I had ever had rye whiskey, and I have had rye whiskey in the past. Uh, I like it. It's it's not one of my favorites. Uh, I don't know if, have any of you guys ever had rye whiskey? I have, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, how do
6: you like it? I'm not a fan. <laughs> but again, it- I'm not a huge whiskey fan. I mean, I drink Irish whiskey just because I, I acquired a taste of it through mm-hmm. just being a, uh, an alcoholic in college, <laughs> but, uh, but I don't <laughs> I'm not typically a whiskey guy.
5: Uh. I picked up just because I was like, yeah, you know what? Bourbon's getting really expensive, so I want to try something different. So I, was like, yep, yeah, you know what? Rye whiskey. It's still a a a, a kicking American whiskey. I can do that. It's got some, you know, it's got some balls to it. So you know, I'll I'll, I'll give it a try. So I picked up some Templeton Rye. It is uh, it's a small batch whiskey, and it is. I'm gonna try and see where it is uh, um, distilled. Oh, Templeton. Iowa. Ooh. It is a uh, 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 80 proof rye whiskey. I like it. It is rye has. It, it's similar to bourbon, but it has a much more peppery taste to it. It's a little bit hotter on the palate, and it, it, there's there's almost like a, a peppery taste to it. But uh, I'm having a little uh, a little Templeton rye small batch on uh, on ice, and uh, because I had such a long day, I'm uh, chasing it with a Pacifico. Beer with a lime in it.
6: Love Pacifico.
5: And to counter your uh, your Dom mimosas, I'm drinking Mad Dog margaritas. <laughs> David,
4: really, the only dark beer I like, uh, Negra Modelo. Ooh, another ooh. beer I
5: like very much. should well in my neighborhood? <laughs> Reba, Reba, <laughs> fire off some fireworks and get the lowrider and take off.
6: hmm
5: A lot of tacate in my neighborhood. So,
6: Chris, I shouldn't wear my colors when I when I come to stay at your place, in it?
5: I would. Um, highly suggest not doing that.
0: All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, All that pink in one spot, you know, It's going to stick so, out.
5: Oh, Star Sapphire, baby. <laughs> ours, ours is a. Did I ever tell you guys this story? I'm, I'm a stupid white man. I oh. don't know if you had picked up on this <laughs> over the last year and a half or so. No. Uh, so I, I'm out walking the dogs one day. And I noticed like three different instances of guys walking around with Royals hats, like Kansas City Royals hats.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And, and you know we live in Chicago, and the American League team here is the White Sox. And then you got the Cubs on the north side. I live northwest side, but um, the the White Sox uh, are very popular with the Latino. Uh, population here in Chicago and, um, you know, Latino manager and, and and all that, so you know, I figured that most of the, and I live in a very Latino neighborhood, so I figured that most of the Latinos that live here would be White Sox fans so I walk in and I'm like, Marta it's the craziest thing it, did you know there's a bunch of, of Kansas City Royals fans around here? She just looked at me, she's like, you fucking dumbass that's the gang in this neighborhood <laughs> so yeah, it's the the gang in, the gang in our neighborhood is the something, something, something Royals, so you can actually look it up on uh, chicagogangs.com. Huh,
6: great. So we have so- an armed escort all weekend? <laughs> ah.
5: <laughs> you will love my neighborhood. Great, yeah, great food. We'll, we'll have a good, you know what, I've never had problems in this neighborhood. But, you know, that's just part of living in the city is that, you know, each neighborhood kind of has a, a little bit of a gang presence, but, yeah, it's never uh, that big of a deal around here, so. All right.
0: Well, let's talk about some comics publishing neighborhoods. Yeah, let's How about do that, that for a segue?
6: Oh, let's make it happen. Wow. Those Don't terrible
5: have,
0: events. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't <laughs> all jump. Well, first, who's got something to talk about?
5: <laughs> something that um, can I go? May I? May I go, pretty please? It's you have something to we uh, can Have you,
6: you? Have you got, Okay, have you guys read The Nobody yet? No, I get because it yet. I, I thought the that. Ah, oh, yeah. You know why I didn't read it for that exact reason. I knew if I read it, I'd have to talk about it and I figured that David and Vince weren't getting it until the end of the month, so I figured I'd hold off. Yeah.
5: Okay, well we will hold off and I want to talk about it as a group because Jeff is one of our one of our favorite people and he's been a past guest on the show yeah. and is just he is amazing. But I sat down, I finally found, a, you know, a couple hours this weekend to really sit down, quiet room, you know, wife out of the house and sit down and really read The Nobody and it was absolutely fantastic. I oh. uh, I absolutely loved it. There was some nice twist in it. The artwork was superb as you already know if if you've flipped through it, but just a really Really well crafted story. So, Jeff, I know that you're listening because Jeff does listen into the show. Um, thank you so much because this book was fantastic. And anybody else out there that hasn't picked up the Nobody, it's from Vertigo Press uh, by Jeff Lemire. Go pick it up. It is. It's. It's a really good read. So there, you. You. I, I started. I kicked us off, but you guys right. need to read it so we can talk about it as a group.
0: Okay. While we're uh, on the subject of friends of the show. And producers of very good art. I was going through a bunch of boxes the other day. Uh, what I was looking for, I can't say. I was just, I like to do that every once in a while. I just go through the, bu- the boxes and see something maybe that catches my eye and I'll read it. I stumbled upon a book by someone we know and I had completely forgotten that this man worked on this series. It's from Oni. Mm-hmm. Called the Blair Witch Chronicles. Remember the Blair Witch Project film? Oh, sure. It, it was a tie. It was a tie-in uh, after the initial Blair Witch comic. They put out a Chronicles to further cash in on it. But you, <laughs> not, uh, no, not,
5: not necessarily further the story, just to yeah. cash in. No, <laughs> but
0: yeah, they fleshed out more parts of the story and backstory. But I, I forget what issue it is. Do you know who did a story for the Blair Witch Chronicles? And I'll tell you, this boy. Has had chops from apparently from day one because the art is magnificent.
6: Um, Give us, give us a
0: Tom Fowler. There you go, Tom Fowler. (laughs) You got it. it. It's in black and white. It is fantastic. I mean, it's not as cultivated as the mysterious, the unfathomable style. It's not as loose, or you don't get the hint of Jack Davis like you uh-huh. do from Mysterious, but man, it's really, really solid. And oh, I pulled nice. Them, I pulled them out, put them on my stack, and I'm going to dive in. That is I great.
5: I can't wait for the addition to my comics room.
0: Well,
6: <laughs> because of your addition, mm-hmm. I got in touch with Tom that day and said, dude, you're going to hook up brother. <laughs> so he is, I mean, I'm sure he's got a few to do before he gets to mine, but I have officially ordered a commission from Mr. Nice. Tom Fowler. I cannot wait. I am just beyond giddy for it because if it looks half as nice as the Doctor Strange that you received... Then it is going to be prominently featured in my comic room. So it's
5: ridiculous. And and folks, uh, if you haven't gone to the to the eleven o'clock comics forum, there's an artist alley section, and there are um, different artists that take commissions and and all that good stuff. Um, check out Tom Fowler's thread there, where where he's has kind of a window where he was able to take some commissions. You might still be able to get in on him and that stuff is posted in there. And his stuff is mind-blowingly good. I whenever. Uh, Whenever he sent the the JPEG of the Doctor Strange, I was just like, okay, that's fucking awesome. I I was literally speechless.
0: And if you're scratching your head thinking about how to get there, you can do it the new way wwweleveno'clockcomicscom or you can go old school like Mr. Wood and forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com <laughs> right and I'm gonna an, I'm, an, I'm an a. I think this and the, the Blair Witch Chronicles series was from Oni and I think in my estimation it was one of the first licensed property tie-ins to kind of buck the trend because in addition to Tom Fowler Guy Davis does artwork in it oh, and to, and Tommy Lee Edwards Damn. Are Man. you fucking
5: kidding me? That no. Ch-
0: so if, if you see Blair Witch and the covers are kind of uniform, if you've seen the movie poster with the little uh effigy that the the witch made with the you mm-hmm. know that she hung from the trees, it, they're all kind of in the same vein just like um monochromatic covers with uh something suggestive from the the series. If you see it in the in the cheapy bins, snag them because they're all really good and I think Jen Van Meter wrote them. Really? Yes.
6: Really? Dude. That's... Yeah. I'm
0: not, I do not lie. I do not lie. It's Very a good thing you got all these boxes with all this paper still around. Ah, uh, I know. And I, I get bored around the house, and I'll just go rooting through the boxes. I can't tell you how that's many issues of Marvel's What The I Have. It's like, why did I buy <laughs> all these?
4: <laughs> and then you look um, at the great Hilary Barda art.
0: Oh, Boy. yeah. And um, Rurik Tyler, who used to work for Cracked. Rurik's a uh one of those unsung heroes. He's really good. Mm-hmm. And I have to say one of the sexiest covers was John Byrne's Wolverina. Do you remember that cover? <laughs> no. She's jumping I on the front I and actually. her boobies are all flapping all over the place and he's got her kind of <laughs> kind of spread uh, with the legs. It's a really nice got cover. Got my attention now. Yeah, John nice. Byrne really wow. Well. John Burns. You know, I, I, I
5: turned I turned down a barbecue at Hillary's pad tonight to talk yeah. to you. We'll see. How
0: you see that? I'm, I'm, no, I'm not <laughs> proud of him. If Hillary Bard <laughs> asked me to come over, I would not be here right now.
2: <laughs> what? Regina, it makes me happy. I said, Regina, we feel
7: all fine. See Regina when the doors are open. And say Regina when it's closing
5: time. Have you met Hillary at, at a past Wizard World?
0: Yeah, fence? I shook I shook his hand, but I mean... Oh, we we're
5: going to party hardy this year.
0: Nice. Yes, I'm down with it, that.
5: Even though he wants to go to the tiki place again.
0: So you think it's possible uh, I can cut his hand off and like glue it on mine? Maybe I get that talent? He would I probably
6: know. not be up for that. <laughs> Speaking oh. of, uh, of of artists that we uh, we love to tout on the show and that make 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 Chris's art wall, anybody read the first issue of the three-issue Tales of the Core? Because there was oh, an artist yeah. featured in there that I was surprised to see featured. Really? Mr. Soms. Yeah, no, no, I, I didn't mean, know
4: that I he mean, was... He was... Oh, okay. No, he yeah, I guess I didn't pay attention
5: to
6: solicits. Uh, yeah, yeah, Chris Somney is... Uh, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, you, you don't listen feature. to around comics, huh?
6: You know what? No, to be honest, I know that the last... <laughs> The last week is is titled Blackest Night, so I didn't listen to it because I didn't no
5: it. no. We, last time we had Chris on, he had mentioned that, but oh, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I I, it, I, it <laughs> was. Yeah, it was at the. It was at the end. It was really quick. So, but yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm stepping all over. No,
6: just uh, I was. It was a pleasant surprise, needless to say. He handled the art chores on the the baby Mongol story, the young Mongol story. I guess yeah. uh, a peek into what it was like to be the son of the original Mongol. So, is a <laughs> great that. story, man. Yeah, I- <laughs> what a little shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was yeah, awesome for though. It's kinda like
5: you know, Damien meets Mongol. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
4: Well, yeah. Today was the first installment yes. of yes. Guns of Shadow Valley by our yes. friend Dave Wachter. Yep. And it looks absolutely stunning. And and yeah. I keep I keep checking, but it hasn't official the site's up, but it hasn't officially launched yet, and that is uh Zach Russe's, uh mystery solved. So.
0: Mm-hmm. But Zach uh, Rusay's skeptical inquirer.
6: You, you know, I have to give uh, Dave props for... The launch too, because uh, having been for- he was he was nice enough when we started doing this crazy show to uh, send me a copy of, of of his comic on Shadow Valley because I hadn't had a chance to read it and I loved it and so I was excited for this. I saw your tweet this morning, David, and then I guess I retweeted it too. But I went to the site and what impresses me about him is he's clearly put a lot of thought into this. Um, web comics I think are becoming more and more an avenue for guys to at least get their their stuff out there and scratch an itch. But you know, Dave's is is it's really nicely laid out. The panel when you read it to me it was it was perfectly easy to read but you can also click on it and it yeah. blows it up so that you can really read it if you have trouble with you know i know some people have trouble reading text on screen and it's uh, it's just really well designed, and even in the RSS reader, it uh, you know he has a little blurb that sort of talks about you know the the particular scene and stuff. So I just thought it was a really well put together product, and I I certainly hope this blows up for him because um, he's got crazy chops, and I know that, yeah. that watching his his stuff just from him posting commissions and work over the years, I mean he has gone from being a guy that was a good illustrator to to being a really really skilled cartoonist in the last. I few think
5: years. Dave is really close to having... One of those, like, Oni, IDW, Dynamite, you know, just, you know, Dark Horse. I think he's really close to to getting one of, you know, one of those books Mm -hmm. and then really propelling. And he has come so far in the, got four years I've known him as, as not just an illustrator, but, but a comic book artist. I think he really gets, not just gets, I think he loves the medium so much. He's, I think he's a guy that if he keeps at it for, you know, another couple of years, he's really just on the verge of doing some outstanding work that people, I think, are really going to start to take notice. And this, this Guns of Shadow Valley, I think... Is the first really big step? You know his scar tissue stuff. It went from you know kind of you know very very entry level for him. I think he was really just kind of coming into his own. The difference between the first issue of that and the last issue was light years. But the stuff oh, that he's yeah. doing on Shadow Valley is like wow. Why isn't this guy getting mainstream or close to mainstream work? He's really close, and I I, I think I think Dave has gotten real close to to breaking through so you know hopefully hopefully here in the next the next year or so you know someone uh an editor will take notice of him and and we'll see Dave Wachter on a uh, or Wachter sorry Dave uh we'll see (laughs) see Dave Wachter on on more of a uh a mainstream or near mainstream book he's he's got awesome awesome chops
0: maybe it's a conspiracy
3: he
5: would say it's a conspiracy no he would he say was.
0: I would say it was a conspiracy cause yeah, he's just in he my...
5: would say he would say it's a conspiracy you would say that the conspiracy is not deep enough and that you need to <laughs> dig more Dave but uh, I can argue <laughs> with that man in circles for fucking hours oh hey um um hillary Bart, this will make you jealous vince i'm doing this just to, just to stick a knife in you i do have hillary working on a on a commission for me um by end of summer or so guess what i got him working on just just
0: could be so many different things uh hellboy jr the creeper oh you suck uh, yeah. <laughs> that's I nice. Hey, wait.
6: speaking of uh, Hellboy Jr., real quick, you just reminded me of something. Thank you, Vince. Uh, a few weeks ago, our buddy Matt Burden, aka Templar, aka Voicemail Lever Extraordinaire, uh, was kind of to... AKA
0: Abandoner. Never mind.
6: Oh, snap. No, no, no. We're giving him love. We're giving him love. Matt uh, attended some, some kind of event that was Hellboy related. I don't know. I don't remember what exactly it was. But anyway, he got a bunch of swag and he got a little swag? Hellboy Jr. snowcap it has got the little nubbins and little gloves, <laughs> and he sent them for uh, my sons. And, uh, oh. and uh, I re- I've been meaning to thank him on the air because they're cute. My my sons love the costumes, and so they're uh, Jackson, my four year olds running around like Hellboy now. So
5: wait, uh, so, explain what those are.
6: Well, it's like a it's like a winter cap, but it's red. You know, it's a red winter cap, but it's got the oh. little Hellboy nubbins on the top. Oh, you know? oh, oh and then it's uh, got gloves. You know, little Hellboy gloves. Something I think tied in with the movie or the cartoon movie release or something. But uh, but yeah, Matt Matt, I guess. Got Got a couple pair, and so he uh, he sent one of the extras down down my way. So much Ooh. love uh, from across the pond, there, Mister Burden. I will leave a goddamn voicemail.
5: You ever see the uh, the hero clicks of the BPRD? Uh, Vince, yeah. you 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 play hero clicks from time to time.
0: Yeah, I've seen them. They're really nice.
5: And they have the the Hellboy Junior is one of the hero clicks,
7: and he's a little mm. badass. He's
0: awesome. <laughs> he should be.
7: Fuck yeah! Hello, eleven o'clock comics. This is Nick Ludi from Kenosha, Wisconsin. I've been listening since episode 52 and I've very much been enjoying the show. I love all you guys. I'm also a big fan of Around Comics. been listening about that same amount of time. Uh, i just like to say I was listening to your most recent episode. I guess uh, I don't know the number. Anyway, uh, I was really enjoying your discussion about Longbox and the digital comics thing. What you guys nailed, which I haven't really heard in the discussion yet, was that it's not really about us as comic collectors. It's, uh, it's more about reaching new audience and also it's not necessarily a black and white thing where all of a sudden we're all print and then the next day we're all digital you're not gonna wake up you'll know it far ahead of time if that's ever the case so i like that you guys pointed out that you know there there's room for both and it's it's ultimately about expanding the market so i'm enjoying the show keep it up and that's all bye for now
0: i got something for you guys that you want Shoot that. You want to chew a little bit? We're I talking about chew? No, no, we, oh. took, we talk about that enough.
5: They are we? reprinting, I mean, by the way, so it's it's on its way. You, if uh, you haven't read it, they are re- they are reprinting
0: issues one and two will arrive like the second with number three. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yes, mm-hmm. they're doing everything in their power to get that out there because it's that good. I mean, there is hype, but the hype is well deserved. How about that? Yeah. All right, I read the Comics Journal, something that everybody should read. Oh, I think I know why. On and a monthly basis. <laughs> It's worth every penny. Uh, I read issue 296. I could not get my nose out of this thing. It's 208 pages for 1199 but as David would remind you, you're not going to pay that if you get it through DCBS, right, David?
4: Yeah. Uh, but if the price goes up, your discount decreases, so <laughs> it depends on if it's so, worth it to you.
0: This is their best of 2008 issue, which is the least interesting thing about this magazine. Did it just okay. come out? No, it came out in February 2009. There, about, oh, okay. there, there are two or three issues past this. But I picked this up just because of one interview. But before I get into that, I want to tell you something about this. There is a section on Finnish comics from Finland. So you know how much I love that stuff. There are uh, a number of artists, including Marco Turunen, who uh, I talked about, I think, about 15 episodes back. He did the Supernormal uh, collection. The guy's really sharp. He reminds me of David Yurkovich. Have you ever uh, seen or read Death by Chocolate? No.
5: That's a top shelf. Uh, the movie, you mean?
0: It's it's a top shelf comic. Not originally a top shelf comic, but I think Top Shelf's publishing it now.
5: Let me turn around. I think I got it here. Hold
0: on. Yeah, it's great stuff. And yeah, it's uh, good. a number. A number of artists from the Stripburger anthology, that Finnish anthology I talked about before, Glomp, they are represented in this. There are reviews of Bill Maudlin's Willie and Joe, the World War II years, which I have to get. They (coughs) review Jack Kirby's OMAC collection from DC, Azarello and Bermijo's Joker graphic novel. So uh, you get a nice cross-section of somewhat mainstream comics and the indie stuff. There's an article by R.C. Harvey, the writer of Meanwhile that massive biography on Milton Caniff, on why 2008 was a very good Wait, year. on who? Milton Caniff.
5: Caniff. Caniff.
0: Why do you say Caniff? Is, that
5: how it's is that I think how that's how it's pronounced. That's how it's pronounced.
0: Well, I pronounce C-A-N, Can.
5: You
4: would, but, you
5: know. Well, well, his name give, is actually, say, actually, what do you say, um, give me a can of beer? You also say Magneto, yeah. so. I'm right. I'm going to I'm going to give a little southern Illinois love to Vince here because there's a little town in uh, in southern Illinois called Cairo. Yeah. And everyone wants to pronounce it Cairo because it's spelled the same way and mm-hmm. and it's spelled C A I R O. I'm like, "How do you spell it a- or how do you say AIR?" And people are like, "Air." I'm like, "That's right. Cairo."
0: Okay. <laughs> but in addition to all that, <laughs> there are there are some awesome interviews in here. One with David Hadju the author of Ten Plague. That rings a bell, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, like Would
5: Wood, Wood gave, Wood gave that to me for Christmas. Mr. That's Easter. right. Sweet. There's
0: an interview with the writer, illustrator of Body World and the Bottomless Belly Button, Mr. Dash Shaw, who is in his mid-twenties. I can't friggin' stand it. Oh, wow. Him. He's really young and too good for his age. But, and play. someone with whom you're all familiar, this guy is an awesome talent, Vincent Deegan,
4: Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yes. Aha. Uh-huh. See? I knew one is. of
0: you would know. I knew one I of you would know who
4: that is. Help Which me out.
0: Whom you He's know better under his pseudonym, tell me. Artist them,
4: of Batman and Robin, All Star Superman and We Three. Oh. Frank Quietly. Oh, Qu- That's right. Okay. Wait, okay. What's his real name? Vincent Deegan. Vincent now is it is G- it Deegan? Deegan because it's G N so I, I wasn't sure if like the G was kind of silent I've never it's it's
0: D E I G H A N which I, I will gotta, pronounce you got to say you
5: got to say it with the brogue I'm not
0: good with the brogue I can say it like a pirate
5: what you're 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 kind of Scottish
6: aren't you kind of I am Scottish by descent yes so say it with the brogue I can't do it
0: bro stage fright he's limp look at it it's drooping
6: can't do it.
5: Your, ancestor, <laughs> your, an- your ancestors, your your ancestors are rolling over. <laughs> yeah, the, no, the the is New York Jews. <laughs> okay, stop. Go ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but the main reason I wanted to talk about this book, and it's because of the cover feature. There is a a very thought provoking and inspiring interview with Linda Berry, mm-hmm. writer artist of the long running Ernie Pook's comic and the recently released What It Is. You've all seen Linda Berry's work, yes? Yeah, sure. No,
5: probably, oh. more than likely. Vince, Marley's every. You know what? I spend I spend so many hours a day learning about comics, reading comics, and every every week you make me feel like an imbecile. You've no. done it again.
0: You do that. On done your it own. again. <laughs> <laughs> then
5: I talk,
4: and you're lifted right back
5: up. But but exactly. thing, David, the... you're always there for me. The
0: thing about her interview is not so much the talk about her actual comics, which I find very, they're extremely well done, but her working methods flip the switch. As soon as I read the first section of how she approaches creation, I was like, I, I devoured the interview because it's really, like I said, thought provoking. She approaches creation not unlike automatic writing. It's a method of creation where The writer tries to bypass the conscious mind in favor of the subconscious. In a nutshell, what they do, pick up a pen, try and wipe your mind of any thoughts of the moment, and just let the words flow. You don't actually pay attention to what your hand is writing. You just take a back seat, let the subconscious kick in, and let it roll. She approaches creation in similar ways. She allows a lot of room for her creative process to just, go wherever it feels the need to go. Happy accidents, spur of the moment, creative decisions. This is exciting to me. Not overthinking her work. She calls it a mental state of wondering. That is cool. But the next part is where she really got me. She talks about images and recognition, something that I think a lot about. I mean, you know, I'm always going on about this. She speaks of the image not in purely visual terms but as a sort of container for something else in her own words it's something she learned from her teacher and she says everything we call art whether it's music or dance or writing or painting is a container for something else called an image the containers for each art form are different but the lively thing at the center the image is what i'm interested in what is she talking about there hmm. She's talking about the universality of certain concepts. Like, uh, she goes on to cite Dickens' characterization of Scrooge. She calls that an image because you can, you can talk to the majority of people and bring up Scrooge and they'll know instantly what you're talking about. There's that recognition there. Batman, she calls an image. Abraham Lincoln, The Ride of the Valkyries, which is a piece of music, but she calls it an image because it, it evokes instant recognition that seems to be somewhat universal, a- and then she goes on to talk about the smell of all food of cooking. The light,
5: you know, the 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 cult of personality, you know, type. Yes,
0: people. but it's more yeah. along the lines of the collective unconscious. These universal things that we all seem to grasp whenever a certain thing is named like an arm what do you think of when you when you think of an arm there's a a mental image we all seem to share of what an arm looks like and this triggered something in me that made me think about my favorite kind of artists and their different styles of creation as you know I seem to prefer artists that kind of shun for the most part that aspect of the shared image recognition in favor of uh, a mm, let's just say unique approach Mm -hmm. like the most obvious Kirby and Panther You could pick two artists that do not draw like any other artists in the business. And I think Kirby and Panther would be pretty much up there being idiosyncratic as far as the way they approach the the art form. It's almost as if comic creation were a physical city and there was one damn road leading to the center of the city. Kirby and Panther said, fuck that shit. I'm not taking that road. I'm going to make my own road. They're trailblazers. And it's... Ditko was another one. Harvey Kurtzman was another one. Why, what is it about their method of creation that attracts me so much? Why do I not like as much a representational mode of creation where I, I was, again, thinking about it. I don't really like lines that snap to reality, like Frank Cho's line. Frank Cho has a line that when Frank Cho draws the human form, it's pretty damn close to a universally recognized human form of a woman his women trigger something in men that's like damn that's a hot woman but it's Mm. it's it's too representational for me it's too real i like more suggestive more abstract stuff why why is that you tell us well i'm just asking you guys what your preferred type of art why does it strike a chord in you do you, do you like more representational work, more reality-based that actually taps into that collective notion of what the human form looks like, what verisimilitude, that's the word, how about that, where things are reality-based? Do you prefer that or do you prefer more, more uh, that the artist will let their personality mix with their style and have this unique approach like uh, Gabriel Ba? That's you know, a pretty I, damn I, unique approach.
5: And, you, you know, know I, look, I look at all of it, and, it you know, it's just like, you know, pornography. You know it whenever you see it. I, I love so many different artists, and you look at, you know, I have an appreciation for Alex Ross, but mm-hmm. I can also look at a Darwin Cook piece and and love it maybe even more, and just because of its, its beautiful simplicity in what he can do with the line. So, you know. I don't know if we want to get into that discussion but uh but yeah why you why? Know, <laughs> yeah you know i i I love where that goes, you know, you look at you know something like Bean world, and i I love that this is a medium where like Bean world and Larry Martyr and Alex Ross can exist in the same medium because it's so. On the other end of the spectrum,
0: the inherent power of of these images. I don't think you can overemphasize just how powerful images are. It's a language without words. The pipeline to the brain, you're bypassing language, so it, it's almost bang. It's instantaneous. That is really cool to me. That you I could don't. you could communicate with somebody and not even speak. That is no. I I like
4: abstract. I like the. I like having your mind fill in. Some blanks. I, I th- with me. I think it <laughs> it uh, hmm, it's more. Uh, it's it depends on. It's like time and place. It depends on. Like I'll I'll watch. I'll check out Frank Cho drawing everything. But I I like Frank Cho not because it's well. Part of it is the well aside from the curves, but it's it, there's there's weight to it. It 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 feels real. I mean there there could be artists that could draw like Cho, but if it if it's flat or there is no depth, then I don't. I don't care who drew it. But there's it's, a dynamism,
6: dynamism to it. Yeah.
4: So it, it, it. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll read Peter Bag or Larry Marder or, or Matt Fiesel or, or Lethargic oh. Lab. I love.
0: Le- nice. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Thank you for mentioning Matt Fiesel.
4: But if, if, um, and and Alex Ross, I, I, I like him. Depending on the project. But mm-hmm. I sure. I love I love Dick Braithwaite, I love Chris Somney and, and you know their styles aren't similar. They could tell the same story probably. But it's it's you know, I, I wouldn't Phil Hester's art, his pencils are a hell of a lot different than Frank Cho's, but they they there's I, I like them both. And and whether they they put more on the page than an artist that does a couple of squiggles and, and but you know it's you know two eyes and a nose and that's all you need. To, to move the story along it it really does depend on on the story that's being told i i won't i won't dismiss any any art and i won't say well that that sucks or i don't like that i'll it just but but it kind of i <laughs> i i know you've you've mentioned that you know well who cares if um you know why 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 can't why can't Jeffrey Brown draw an avengers story you know why 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 does it have to be you know he jim could. chung or david yeah. finch exactly we know he could but is that is it is, is some people would look at that at his style it, and say
5: people ex- would lose their fucking minds. Exactly. It just see, know. I have a theory about
0: that. I have a theory Go about ahead. that. Go ahead. Because they can't separate their them themselves in quotes yeah. from the work. They they impart too much of their wants and desires and expectations on the work, and they don't allow the work to speak for itself.
5: You know, well, here, here's an here's an interesting one that I that I read this week, and we were talking a lot about Blackest Night here in the last week or so, and the uh, the Alan Moore story that is really being drawn upon uh, with all of the you know the prophecy and the War of Light and and, and Sodom Yacht and all of that. Do you guys remember that story? It's in yeah. the the Alan Moore uh, stories of the DCU. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you recall that story? Do you know who drew that story? I had a feeling. Um,
0: David? Oh, jeez, I'm being stupid. It wasn't Wrightson. It was, was it Kaluda?
5: No, someone else that Alan Moore has collaborated with. Is, is it Gibbons? Gibbons?
4: No. Oh, that's for the man who has everything. Um,
0: wow, I, I swore it was. Is that, hmm, I don't know. Tell us.
4: It's Kevin O'Neill.
0: Oh, oh I knew it was in oh. that ballpark, right. <laughs> yeah,
4: that's is it, cool. is it from? Is it from Green Lantern Quarterly? yeah i think it's tales from an annual? of the
5: core but it's a, yeah it's a, it's a tales of the core and it it's Avan sur goes to the um this basically uh, an off limits planet to to rescue um, someone who is you know, in a, a spaceship that has crash-landed there, and he meets these indigenous aliens, I guess, that would eventually become part of the Sinestro Corps. It, it, it really plays into everything that Johns is doing in in Corps. the Sinister first mention Corps of Blackest Night, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it was it's basically the, it's
0: a throwaway story, really.
5: Right, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's it's the whole prophecy. It's If you go back and read it, it's the first it's Sodom Yat, which, if you're reading, mm-hmm, yeah, uh, a Green Lantern Corps is a character in this prophecy. It's amazing, and I'm and I'm looking. At it and I'm like, I recognize this art. Who the fuck is this? And I it <laughs> oh, it's fucking <laughs> Kevin O'Neill. And I'm just like, what the hell was Kevin O'Neill doing working on Green Lantern? Because you, it, I just associate him with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and that that just. Defines that series as much as Alan Moore does for me. It's that, it, that, what a perfect marriage of art and, and, and written word in League. But to see them work together on Green Lantern, it was just like, holy shit, that is, that's just fucking weird. So it's like, yeah, Jeffrey Brown do Avengers. After reading that, maybe.
0: When I'm reading a comic, there, there's a conversation going on there between the reader and, and the people that produce the comic. And it, it's if you try and impart too much of yourself onto the the work, it's almost as if you're talking over the people trying to converse with you. Does that make sense?
4: It does. It does, I follow. If
0: someone flops a, a Jeffrey Brown Avengers on your on your desk and you look through it, it's like this is not what Avengers is supposed to look like. This is cartoony and it's indie and it's just not right. It's wrong. It's strange. You're not giving the artwork room to breathe or the, and the narrative, you should just sit back listen to what this piece of work has to say, and then at the end decide whether or not it was speaking to you
8: Hi, this is Ken W. from the Forum I'm also one of Templar Matt Burden's friends I'm just giving you a quick call to congratulate you on what I think is the best comics podcast on the net Long may you continue By the way, I think Matt and myself are the only Brits who listen to 11 o'clock, but hey ho I guess we better get used to it. And no, I'm not Marlon Brando. Bye for now.
6: Well, I could speak to this directly because, I mean, two artists that, that we've talked about many times with me. Um, when I first saw *Quite Leon New X-Men*, I was appalled. Now I <laughs> love it. Now
0: you—you you know? you listened.
6: But when I saw *All Red's X-Force*, appalled. I was Ooh. like, "What in the hell is this? This is..." Crap! It doesn't look like you know why. Is when did when did this book go from being you know a mutant book into a, a you know, an art house book? Um, and, and now, as you know, I've come around to already. So, I, so I guess I could speak to it in the sense that I totally get because for 25 years I was that way. The I want my comics, especially if they're superhero comics, to look like my perception of what a real environment would look like. On the flip side, I do think that there is some level of open mindedness that can really enhance your comics experience. But I still say there's a fine line though, because that being said, I, I have to tell you, whereas I can look at an all red comic or quietly comic and really enjoy it now, I don't know that I'd be down for a Jeffrey Brown Avengers book. I mean I just I'd have to see it before I'm not going to say I would rule it out. Yeah,
5: but. there are just some artists that are you know that they shouldn't work on some books. You know, I don't know. I don't know, you, you I, I don't put, know if put, I want to see Jeff work
6: on on the Avengers. <laughs> you could flip the switch, I wouldn't want to see Alex Ross do blankets you know I mean sure. it's not it, I wouldn't want you know so it's uh I, I think different artists are suited for different things and for me I still have a comfort zone with the superhero capes and cows stuff where I I've definitely come to appreciate a little bit more of the expressive artists but and I can really see if they're good storytellers now and I'm, I'm okay with a little bit uh, you know out of the sort of conventional um, model if you will but at the same point in time um, I'm far, far more open-minded with indie books or books where I don't have a long-time association with what a character, quote unquote, should look like.
5: I, I will tell you, I, I would. I have a pretty bitchin' Jeffrey Brown Wolverine comic, though.
6: Yeah, yeah, I know he's a real big. I know it's one of his dreams, right? To I mean, he's a big
0: Capes and Cows fan, right? I mean, yeah, he
5: did, he he did, a, he did a he uh, did a a Wolverine mini comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's 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 pretty badass.
0: Well, isn't that almost a form of graphic or visual stereotyping that you expect certain things to look a certain way
6: yeah i mean I, i'm yes of course it is it what matter. if the artist
0: Not. does the job would you ever know it because you're so preoccupied with the way you okay. think it should look yeah, i mean
6: again as you said it's an entertainment medium but it's a visual medium i mean there, pe- you people uh, most people that read comics aren't sitting or thinking about why they like a certain writer why they like a certain character why they like a certain art style they just do it's it's it there is a, a a a natural predisposition to aesthetics or a lot of it is natural i mean i don't sit there and every day analyze why i think a certain woman i might see on tv or walking down the street i think is really attractive Whereas the woman right next to her, I think is not right. I mean, sometimes, yes, there are the conventional beauty stereotypes that we, we can, you know, oh, she's, you know, looks this way, she's got big boobs and nice, whatever you want to say. But there are times when, you know, two women with relatively the same proportions, you might find one really attractive, whereas your buddy might not find her attractive at all and vice versa. And, and I don't, you know, not, I don't know that I sit down and analyze that each time. It's somewhat inherent, probably based on past experiences, people I've had good relationships with, people I've had bad relationships with and whatever, all these things inform you. So, Again, I think probably, Vince, it's, it's somewhat simpler and more surface than I think you're getting at for a lot of people in that for the majority of us, we start off, whether or not we expand our horizons, uh, a lot of us started off, it's been a good chunk of our comics reading, reading superhero comics from Marvel and DC. And most of those comics are drawn, especially the, the guys that are held in high regard and have long careers, they draw relatively realistic styles. And so I think we are almost trained, it's not like we think about it, but we're just trained to think that's what comic books, quote unquote, should look like. So I think if you're open-minded, you can expand your horizons if something really grabs you. But, again, I think you get in a comfort zone, right? So I just – I don't think it's really – I don't know if there's some subliminal reason for it other than just it's the experience that informs you your views, you
0: know? But what if you don't allow yourself to experience other things? Oh, I agree. Then then you're stuck in a rut.
6: Sure, most probably don't, right? I mean – it's oh, just like, it again, so. it's... Yeah, it's like my dad doesn't like rap. Not because it's anything inherently bad about it, but because he grew up... He has in- taste.
0: <laughs> 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 Based on what Wood said, isn't it amazing... Like, uh, his progression from not liking all red yeah. and and Quietly to, I don't want to say loving them, but at least... I love Quietly, for sure. Okay, well, at least accepting them as talented individuals that produce, quote, good work. Isn't it amazing how... We can transform artwork over time based on our tastes. Like, There are certain things that I loved in the past that right now I probably wouldn't consider uh, to be all that great. Because my tastes have changed, but the artwork has remained the same. But I've transformed it in my mind into being something other than it originally was. When you look at art, you do transform it because you can't parse any information with any of your senses without transforming it.
6: We talked about this a few weeks ago, and a lot of people were, I think Sal was making fun of you, but I think your point is that uh, a piece of art is created, it is what it is, but each person perceives it differently. Right, this
0: is like in Asterios Polyp, yeah. that how uh, reality is an extension of the self, and everything that we experience is an extension of us. So yeah, the heck with Sal. But, uh, th- and this will appeal to all the art, type people that listen to our show on drawing she says we have this thing this ability to work with images then we lose it and we spend years and years trying to find it again because whenever you're taught to draw it both enhances and it destroys your potential because that original style that we have when we're kids which I l- wish I could draw like that now is is closer to the person than all that training and and uh, guidance yeah. and and shoving in certain directions that you may not have been uh may not be the right way to proceed because it, it removes the individual and layers it with all this preconceived notions on how you should be creating things and all this bullshit so yeah that that struck a chord with me too comics journal number 296 296. go check it out worth every friggin' penny
6: see it's you always talk about it but it seems like it's so expensive for effectively a magazine but i I know it's chock full so well
0: no they have a new format it's square bound And it's, uh, like I said, 208 pages for 12 bucks. It's chock full of stuff. Is it stuff.
6: monthly or quarterly? It, or what? Yeah, I was just going
0: to ask. It's that. it's not monthly, but they do put out more than six a year. I would say they get at least eight of them out. And yeah, because
5: it's square, it's worth it.
0: It'll fit on a on a shelf. And you will get <laughs> it. Now, you see, go. if I gauged my uh, value from this magazine based just on the Linda Berry interview alone, I would say I got my money's worth. That's right
5: yeah i usually I usually wait for a featured interview that I'm really interested in. They had an extensive uh, Greg Rocca interview a few mm-hmm. months ago and uh, a really good Tim sale issue yep that was awesome
0: I've been buying comics journal jeez, must be twenty five thirty years. I have tons of them i just I just love the magazine.
5: Yeah. They got a little. They got a little proud of themselves a few years ago, but it, it's 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 a high quality publication. I think they um, started kind of going towards the uh, the, the highbrow. I guess you would you would call it. It's um, I yeah. Think
0: they've they always be, been like that.
5: Eh, have they always? Well, the first it's, the yeah. first couple
0: years they were mostly mainstream. But yeah. when you look back, there wasn't all that many independent comics back then. Or 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 art comics, but as soon as the medium started to advance, they changed their focus from the mainstream to uh, because I can't tell you how many Gil Kane, Claremont, but instead of but
4: but for you know in in I'm not going to say all that I've read or 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 the majority of the ones I've read instead of just there was um, you know I I remember reading R C Harvey's reviews on some books, but I know um,
0: a great cartoonist in his own right.
4: I I know that uh, that Gary it, it was it was it almost at times it came across like instead of just promoting or hyping or or talking about the independent books like whether it's Fantagraphics own Love and Rockets or books that you know were either underground or um, you know by the Post Bros or uh, or even stuff from like Comico or or First or Eclipse, instead of just talking positively about the independent books, they, they at times, would talk about, oh, okay, and, uh, you know, Matt Wagner's Grendel, blah, 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 and, hey, it's not Dazzler. You know, so it's just like, instead of just, <laughs> in, instead of, in, in, just Well, they were right there. About, well, uh, it still, wasn't Dazzler. You know, or, 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 you'll never believe what Claremont did this month in the X-Men. It's like, they, they couldn't just talk about one thing. They kind of had to drag down whether, you know, they weren't, they, and and yeah, maybe you know, Gene Colan could have done something better than his covers of Detective Comics at the time, but it, it, they just couldn't not talk down about the mainstream stuff just to hype up the uh, the independent stuff. That that's the feeling I got from quite a few of the articles that I read.
0: Reach for mm. the sky. See, I think if you're a publisher and you have Robert Crumb, Chris Ware, the brothers Hernandez, and Dan Klaus. Pete Bag in your stable, mm-hmm. you have a little bit of a license to to put down the mainstream stuff. Opinion: When you have that caliber of talent in, in your publishing house, kind of gives you a little bit of a license to, uh, you know, point fingers. You
4: know, I don't, I don't, I don't know yeah, I don't because that it's it, that's it, it's right. We disagree
6: that's great, cause that's, that's to me it's it, the favoritism. I don't. I mean, to me it. It's it's like the people that's that that act as though any any movie that comes out in the summer that does big numbers is is automatically shit because it's it's uh, because they they you know love an art house movie that nobody saw and gets nominated for you know a, a Spirit of Independence <laughs> Award. I mean, or, but, you know, or, or, I, I think I think one of the things that that I, I like about our show is that we don't we we try and embrace whatever we like, whether it's blackest. Right, or it's, you're right. So so I guess I don't I don't yeah. think it's okay for. Art house snobs to be art house snobs. Just I don't think it's productive for guys to act for as fanboy. One. For fanboys to be right, fanboys. To me, it's, yeah, it's, it's as egregious, yeah. right? So I, yeah. I can't support it. Yeah, well, it, 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 well, you know,
5: but like I said, they they had a great interview with Rucka. They had a great Tim Sale issue. So I mean, I. I th- I started to see them come back a little bit towards the middle, and I think that's what we need. I think the Comics Journal should be that publication that is somewhere in the middle. There's nothing wrong with talking about Spider-Man. Spider-Man is awesome, but there's nothing wrong with talking about Jason or Jeffrey Brown.
0: Right. There's enough periodicals talking about Spider-Man.
5: There's, but to doesn't mean that you should discount it.
0: That's like asking Wizard to do more independent comics coverage. They have uh, a target. Not, fu- not a bad fucking idea. No, you have a hmm. target maybe, audience maybe, maybe, that you maybe cultivate. They, maybe they
5: wouldn't have their ass in a fucking sling. But now, see, no, that's not the point.
0: If, if if you cultivate a certain audience, yeah. then then you have to cater to them. That I mean, Fantagraphics had Amazing Heroes if you wanted you know, the mainstream uh, stuff.
5: You know, that that can be a symb- that can be a symbiotic relationship, and this show is a. Perfect example of that. How many listeners out there do you think have picked up the uh, uh the, the book because you went on and on about it last
0: couple, week? Couple. Couple yeah. yeah, Um
5: couple, couple couple hundred maybe. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Send me the check, Dave.
5: Hey, you know <laughs> maybe. Oh, okay. and, I mean, and I mean, over the life of the show. So there's no reason that that a publication like like the Comics Journal if, you know what, uh, Spider-Man is really good to talk about it. There's nothing wrong with that. Just because it's a mainstream Marvel book doesn't mean that you can't talk about it. You know, it good comics are good comics. And I hate making these distinctions of, well, these are art house books, and these are mainstream books, and these are highbrow and lowbrow. You know what? Good comics are good comics, and whether it's the X-Men, or Swamp Thing, or... You know, take t- you know the adventures of Luther Arkwright. If they're good comics, you should be able to talk about them. I hate this fucking tribal nature that people get into. That if it's this, it's this, and if it's that, it's that. It's if it's good comics, it's good comics, and talk about
0: them. And you're you're absolutely correct, but it's in it's in our nature to compartmentalize and go in these little tribal units. That's what
5: it's we do. Ba- it's a it's a bad fucking habit.
0: Well, I, I mean it's. That's human nature. How many people on CBR click on the Spider-Man article with John Romita Jr., <laughs> and, and how many of them click on the, the uh, Too Cool to Be Forgotten link? It's just you have a certain group that likes yeah. certain things. And, yeah, we do cater to everybody, which is why we are great. Capital G. We well, are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
6: it is. I mean, I, I think that's right.
0: I'm not saying mainstream comics are bad. By far, they're not. But my tastes tend to run to the independent sector yes That's just no just too, no
5: no your taste run towards good comics right but overall you, because, you know it, you'll go on like this 20 minute diatribe of why you like x factor mm-hmm. i don't fucking get that but <laughs> then but then you'll fucking go off on snakes and ladders so
0: helen moore is at his finest
5: yeah, i don't agree but it's okay but you love it, and you know, no. That's I. I, I if nothing else, I, I hope that I hope that comic fans just kind of open up and say, you know what, there are, you know, that that's what every comic book sh- every comic book fan should be trying to push their own envelope. Just push a little bit more, because those are those are those moments that we're always trying to recapture whenever we were kids. And something just blew your fucking mind. It's like Alien Legion. Whenever I was a kid, had never read anything like it before. It blew my fucking mind. And I think as adult comic book fans, we're constantly... They're, you know, we're like fucking heroin addicts. We're, we're chasing the dragon. We're looking for that next book to blow your mind. And by expanding the the base of comics that you read, you're going to find something... That that blows your mind, and you know I hope that you know Asterius Polyp does that for
6: some people. Oh, it will. Oh, it will.
0: Oh, yes, it will. It's but you, I, I I agree with all of you. Good comics are good comics. Period. No matter what the genre.
6: Well, this is a classic episode because I'm sitting here thinking, how did we? Where did this conversation start? How did we get here? I love it. I don't fluid. Don't That's how we who said
0: fluid in the beginning. We are fluid. We have lots yes, of fluids. Yes, yeah.
7: What is? What are, who are the Matinee Idols? They are fun, frantic, funny, frivolous, fucking awesome, fantastic, informative. Informative doesn't start with F, but there's an F in there. They are Matt Burden. Who wants to go next? Hands up. Can you see our hands, Dora? I saw your... I saw a finger.
6: Alec Berry. You mean like favorite actor, You got? I've got to watch at least, like, more than four movies
8: with him.
6: That's it's
4: quite a high kind of number stuff. for someone who's seen, like, 11 films, isn't it?
8: Yeah. yeah. Joey Alusio. I just watch, that. like, three Willie the other day. Not that bad, actually. And Vern Griffiths. I thought a film was great if you want to watch someone in their pants running.
2: Yeah. Was he in pants? I thought he was in, like, uh,
8: whatever. Like a little song thing. Yeah. Kind of... I, I think, you know, American... British, British pants, not American pants. Yeah.
6: Three
7: friends from the forums, and one Welshman. Their goal, their mission, the same. To talk movies, and educate them. Check out the Matamé Idols.
4: And well, it was because he just figured, you know, free form, because we were going to answer some questions, maybe. That's right.
6: Well, let's do it. Let's oh, do it. Shit. Mr. Wu, boys. Guess who happens to be the next person queued up from our episode 52 questions thread with a question for us? Daryl. Mr. Jeff Lemire. Wow. Oh, sweet. So here you go. This is uh, Jeff Lemire, creator of The Nobody, uh, Essex County, and the soon-to-be-released Sweet Tooth. Hey, boys. What are your picks for most underrated, overlooked comic runs in recent history? My picks would be the Abnett lanning Quiple Legion series, No Need for the to Reboot. Books of Magic, Life During Wartime, Dean Ormström and Cy Spencer, Great Constantine Story. Tim Truman's Scout, and especially Scout War Shaman, an action-adventure oh. masterpiece. Yes. Winter Men, Best Dialogue in Any oh. Comic Recent Memory. And Winter World by Chuck, Chuck Dixon and Jorge Zafino, A Lost Eclipse Gem. Jeff. So, anyone have something that pops to your mind? Was Winterman ever collected?
0: It's in this month's preview. Uh, No, October.
6: This month's solicits, yeah. The solicits just came out. uh, I
5: I might even have all the single issues. I just got so fucking frustrated trying to keep up with it.
6: Brilliant fucking book.
0: I've heard that.
6: Oh,
5: it's awesome. It's fantastic.
6: Dal talked about it uh, when he was on uh, guesting one week with us. Mm -hmm. When we were talking about Northlanders, actually, he uh, yeah, he brought that up and said he loved the book and told me I should fraction. Try try.
5: Yeah, fraction
6: was a big fan of that. Uh-huh. I've got one. Go ahead,
5: guys. Got one. Yeah. And I know Go. that
6: uh, I know David w- will agree with me, so maybe I'm even stealing his thunder. Uh, the Christopher Priest Black Panther run, not, uh, not collected yeah. in entirety, and um, I, I don't I don't know if it sold well or not. But I get since it didn't sell all that well, it was because it. Uh, uh, yeah. I assume maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember it being a big hit at the time, but I loved it. And uh, I think it's one of those Marvel runs that that uh, I don't think a lot of people have read that that should. And the other cool thing about it is you can you can find it. You can find the issues on the cheap pretty much anywhere. So
4: yeah, yeah. I bought a complete run off of uh, on eBay. There you and, go. And uh, yeah, no, that um, it's awesome. I fr- from start to finish. I mean, he he wrote every issue except for two, and even even those two weren't weren't horrible. They kind of stand out over the grand. Scheme of things, but I mean, from start to finish, I uh, when he when when I think T'Challa's story ended in that volume, I think that was that was fine because then you had Casper Cole and 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 the new Black Panther and then I think becoming the the White Tiger and and it was when we were just concentrating on T'Challa and then the whole thing with with Everett Ross and and him as a supporting character, it was just, no, you're right, you're absolutely right, I I, I will agree with you on that.
5: What um, what is Christopher Priest's Christopher Priest's real name?
4: Uh right now, Christopher Priest. He used to go by <laughs> James Christopher Owsley. Okay. He used what, to be, be James what
6: Owsley. What's the real name? What's the pseudonym? Well he changed his name to Christopher Priest. Yes, he did. Uh oh, he legally
5: changed it to yeah. Christopher yes. Priest? Mm-hmm. Yes. Real. Okay. now under uh, the name Jim Halsley, um, editor for a really long time, right?
4: First, first African American editor at Marvel, and uh, and a, a major um, deal was that he was the Spider-Man office editor. For a while,
5: okay. um, by all, account, all, all accounts, an amazing editor, in, incredibly, you know, well liked and and um, um, just very uh, uh, very well respected editor at Marvel.
4: Yeah, he 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 would butt heads from time to time, um, <laughs> sometimes with Jim Shooter. But I think once once Shooter um, left, the, the the his time was was pretty much ending as well and he, he 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 did the ray at dc he did uh what was it um there was what wasn't there like a an extreme justice league title there was an offshoot yeah. justice league and it yeah. was it <laughs> um because i think who was in a triumph the the pre-century century was 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 the main or was one of the characters well, in the book ca- ca- uh, captain adam um yeah so he 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 did and and he's also one of the uh the co-founders of uh of Milestone Mil, Milestone um it's uh he's he he's got a he's got a website now he kind of just he's got a blog he he's uh he's he is a preacher he's he, he's more religious right now he wrote 3 green lantern prose novels um and he uh he's He's a fan of Star Trek. He he'll, he'll write about his experiences with with the crew. He'll talk about the curse that seems to always come up whenever he and uh, Mark D. Bright work on a comic book together, because uh, they they worked on uh, Power Man and Iron Fist. They worked on Green Lantern. Um, they they did the Emerald Dawn and Emerald Dawn Two miniseries, which are basically Green Lantern Year One before Jeff Johns came on. Um, but yeah, I mean, without, without going too far into into his, he biography. he's
5: one he's one of your favorites, David.
4: He is, he absolutely yeah, absolutely is.
6: Mm-hmm. Hmm. You can so, tell
4: when when I started reading comics and, and mm-hmm. who I was a fan of at the time based on yeah. who I'll go on about.
6: you don't like that? He wrote a Deadpool.
4: He did write a Deadpool, but we all have our downtime.
6: Oh, yeah. I don't what? Right, did, I, anyone else have an answer? Because
5: yeah, I, I do. Yes, it, I I got go. Okay, go ahead, Vince. No, you go. All right. This is a book that was criminally underread and awesome and it it absolutely broke my heart whenever it whenever it got canceled. The Mark Guggenheim, Howard Chaykin, Blade was fucking awesome and nobody fucking read it. Oh, nobody it was but I... so oh god, it was so fucking good. It was it made me a Blade fan. That book was so good. What did it go 12 issues? Twelve issues. And,
4: Twelve oh. issues, same creative team, same same writer, same artist, same cover oh, artist, on. all by Marco Jivik.
5: Oh, Guggenheim, Chaken, Blade, Awesome. Yeah. yeah. What is wrong with you
4: people? And it did a <laughs> hell of a lot more making making me interested in the character than Wesley Snipes ever did. Oh. Gosh, and, and, yeah. and it tied in it tied into his Gene Colan drawn origin. Because at the end of the twelfth issue, well, not only was the last page of the twelfth issue drawn, or that maybe even the last two pages drawn Jane by Gene. It um oh, so it cool. explained exactly why Blade wore the outfit he wore when he was first introduced back right. in the in the seventies. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. was, it was an awesome series. series. Yes.
0: All right.
6: So we're, what, what, we're
4: wait. no, what what was that?
6: I said I thought it was a well written series.
4: Oh,
5: okay. <laughs> <laughs> just just counting the, claws, the, the man. Dude, it was good shaken, as, as we it say, good shaken <laughs> and not so good shaken. <laughs>
6: yeah, it, it was
5: the good shaken. It was good shaken. But Under-
6: I, I, did, I did be serious, so I think
5: that's a good vote. Oh, hmm. So good. So
0: Underrated, good. unappreciated, overlooked books. Hmm. Uh, there's a couple from DC that spring to mind. Chase was so goddamn good, didn't that's get a right. chance. Chronos uh, yeah. was fantastic. Resurrection Man. Lasted a little bit longer than most, but still there was so much potential in that series uh jackson uh, geis juice oh. geis is oh, okay it? Yeah, yeah, yeah did the did the artwork just amazing but the the one that I always bring up when when everyone, everyone starts a topic like this is Jerry Conway and Mike Plug's Terror on the Planet of the Apes. Why this has never been reprinted is. A mystery to me. Absolutely wow. the, the best work Mike Plug has ever done in comics. It took the Planet of the Apes uh, themes and storylines and took it into a totally new direction, a new human hero, new apes. It was serialized in Marvel's Planet of the Apes magazine back in the 70s. probably one of my top ten favorite things Marvel has ever published. And I I have other than the license rights from I think it was 20th Century Fox right? I have no idea why this has never been reprinted. Kind of like ROM they probably can't get the rights to the damn thing or would cost too much to get the rights. Far outstrip what they would make from it but if you see back issues of Planet of the Apes magazine oh my god it's gorgeous just absolutely gorgeous (laughs)
3: Hello, 11 o'clock forum members and listeners and everybody else. I went to go see Transformers 2 last night, and I can still drive a car. So, obviously, it's not the end of the world if you see the movie. Um, oh, if you turn your brain off, it's a really fun movie to see, I've got to say. Um, what does this cup say? Oh, Bay Kool Aid. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, Megan Megan Fox. Oh, Megan Fox. Um, I got a whole row in the theater myself last night. I think probably because I was talking about Megan Fox out loud. Um, yeah, go figure. Anyway, um, yeah, go go see it if you haven't already seen it. It's not as bad as you'd think. Uh, I'll definitely get the Blu-ray movie so I can actually see what I saw last night because Michael Bay explosions and detail and everything else—it's all over the place. But yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was fun. But, but don't take the little kids. There's a little, you know, balls in my mouth jokes here and there. Uh, anyway, yeah, go see it. Um, oh, Equinox, yeah, signed out and uh thanks for all the
5: birthday wishes uh take it easy all bye I saw someone tweet about this sorry to sidetrack you but um rom original art really expensive question mark
0: I don't think so
4: no i it would it, it would depend on well Ditko did some issues yeah. sal, sal did some actors but it would um it depends on if if Sal has them or if if the anchors akin and garvey. Have some,
0: Um which are real I mean, close to the, Hillary Barda style.
4: The uh, yeah,
0: yeah.
6: You know how much yeah. it's out there. It,
4: I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true too. I mean, and and would that go back to the artist or would it go
6: to Mattel? But it's just a yeah. question of did they save it? Was it destroyed? You know, has it already been bought? Has it been, just, you know? It's,
0: oh, I think yeah. someone someone has it somewhere. It's just that well, those st- stupid legal issues again, right? And, so, and but Rom awesome. lasted seventy five issues. Yeah, all of it, great, but you'll never. I I would really be surprised to see ROM again. Um, yeah, no matter you know, how petitions we sign. I know. All
4: right, all right. Who who hasn't answered yet? I I. I uh, so this is so. Just to rephrase the question: These are under. We, will we feel to be underrated runs that haven't been collected or just underrated runs? No, in no. General?
6: He just said, "What are the um, underappreciated or underrated?" Uh, Runs in modern comics Uh,
4: I have um, Well I never I have two one from Marvel One from DC but I'll you know the third one would be No one ever talks about Mage The first series Any, the first One would be the Speaking of Jim Owsley The four issue Falcon miniseries Mm -hmm. um, With Which a bittersweet First issue had pencils By Paul Smith Inks by Vinny fucking coletta uh, the three, the, that is that is his middle name you know <laughs> <That's>, the the <laughs> these the last three issues are penciled by uh by mark bright um that's you know i think it was either sixty i think it had a sixty cent cover price you can you should be able to find all four issues on the cheap it it was um it's fortune mini series captain america in uh in the fourth issue and in in the third issue it's it's uh like it's in Ag Electro. It's it's uh it's inner city. Um it's uh you know, there there's there's a gang war. It's it was it was I, I just I love the Bright the Mark Bright artwork, but it's uh it's funky little 4 you miniseries. It could have um it was kind of a pilot. It, it it could have become something ongoing. Uh it didn't for whatever reason. Um
5: Oh, he had like a hundred issues with cap, so
0: yeah yeah written by a
4: priest too so yeah (laughs) he also he had he also had a priest written 14 maybe 15 or 16 issue run that they and that they had to end short um they canceled captain america and the falcon which unfortunately started off with art by bart sears and and then with uh with joe bennett before he went to dc that ended as did Robert Kirkman's Captain America ongoing because the very next month after the final issues shift uh an up and comer by the name of Ed Brubaker was starting his Captain America comic book. Nice. Uh for DC, I would did say Did you say
0: Robert Kirkman
4: wrote Captain America? Yeah, right around when uh right around Avengers disassembled. Disassembled.
0: Oh, really?
4: He, his his la- he he was the final writer for NO oh, crap it's not i don't think it's leonard kirk because i have i have the uh after they got the the trade when someone else is talking i'll I'll tell you who the artist is after but yeah he he wrote the um this was i think the the heroes return captain america series that wade and garney kicked off it was that volume huh. and that ended and uh so brubaker could and and so they didn't want to have two captain america books even though captain america and the falcon was kind of its own thing even though it tied into it had its its issues its tie-ins with with Avengers disassembled. Even though Priest was doing his own thing, um, and there was even a naval version of Captain America. There, were, there was there was like a a doppelganger. It was it was a funky. It was a
5: fucking mess. Is what it it, it was. was,
4: but it was it was a funky uh, funky fourteen issues. Um, the uh, and I say unfortunately Bart Sears because this was this was the very over rendered. Bart Sears, not the uh not the Hero Alliance or even maybe the Justice League Europe Bart Sears. This was he but, was but Bart going.
0: Sears was teaching kids how to draw on the pages of Wizard. I know. I was just gonna <laughs> how say bad could he, he was be?
4: <laughs> he was he was Whitman back in the day as as since you couldn't, you know, be yourself when doing covers for Wizard. The DC underappreciated, especially these days, because apparently if if Jeff Johns isn't writing Green Lantern, it never happened. Uh the <laughs>
0: sarcasm the Damn
4: sarc- fucking yeah. bitter much,
5: David. <laughs> no, not at
4: all. Uh the the uh Steve Englehart, Joe Statton, and uh, Bruce Patterson era of uh Green Lantern and then with issue two oh one Green Lantern Corps.
0: I love Joe Statton's uh Green Lantern Corps.
4: I love Joe Staten's Green Lantern. I love his E-Man. I I I I love Joe Staten.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there's a cartoony artist, Cartoon-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. very good. But I was just thinking, didn't? How about Mark Waite? He got seriously boned on Captain America.
4: Yes, Big he time. did. Big yeah. time. He got. He, he, they 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 dicked him out on that, and then they and then they tried to make him and they they tried to appease him by saying, okay, well, Heroes Reborn is ending, so uh, why don't you guys come back? We'll pick it up like you never left. And yeah, wait a... Bring back that momentum, and then he ends up getting screwed out of Fantastic Four for uh, for
0: a few weeks before yep. people call for uh, Bill James's head. Man, well, the country is just flat out excellent?
5: People, people should read Irredeemable. It is good.
4: See, okay, I, I, no, I, I I, no, 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 no. What? I, I, what?
5: Did, this- I, did I fucking piss on Hal Jordan? What? <laughs> what happened? I
4: heard he likes it. <laughs> Only from Carol. The
5: uh, he he does have a weakness for yellow. Uh,
4: who says it's a weakness? The um no, I I I know. Okay, when I compare Irredeemable to uh, the Unknown, mm-hmm. I uh I, I have the third issue of Irredeemable. I I'm not in a rush to read it. I, I I keep putting that further down on the pile. I want to get the fourth issue of the Unknown. I just read the third issue tonight. I I want to find out. Where this series is going, I prefer unknown, and I'm not I'm not talking smack about Irredeemable. I know it's it's a fine series. I just I I prefer unknown over Irredeemable right now.
5: Okay, I'm I really like Irredeemable. You'll I don't think there's a wrong answer days. to this. Yes. I yes. no, 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 I, I like it. Um, can I throw another one out there? Are
0: Again we, with the questions. Open, You're the Open man. submissions. There you go. Um,
5: Steve Gerber, Brian Hurt, Hard Time from Yeah, DC.
0: shit, yeah hell remember. almost anything steve Gerber, so, with the gosh, exception so of howard the duck has been criminally underrated
5: before. so fucking good
0: how about nevada Pardon? who who the hell read nevada besides you know a select few nevada's a great series
6: there
5: you go i don't the, know i am guilty i have not read it
0: <laughs> the the dancer and the ostrich uh, it's a it's a vertigo series i think it was a mini series maybe 5 issues 8 issues it's really Freaking great! That's there you go. not selling it. But
4: anybody else? Be, be, before I forget, um, Scott Eaton was the penciler on the Robert Kirk. Oh,
6: nice! Yeah, mm, my boy.
0: Don't bother Love me, Eaton.
6: Next question from uh, a gentleman named Holcroft, who is actually a guest. It looks like he has no other posts, so he came and just asked a question of us. Uh, what sacred cow of the comics industry or fan culture in general would you like to slay, given the chance? So. No. Uh, I don't think we want to actually kill anybody, but I guess he's saying, is there anybody that really rubs us the wrong way? Um, sacred
5: cow, a sacred cow. Yeah, yeah so um, someone oh, that's revered easy.
6: that we maybe don't go for.
5: That's Yeah, anything with a fucking X. Oh, Big surprise.
1: Oh, okay, Stunned.
0: Cable. Cable occasionally wears the X. You can't kill Cable.
5: Okay, oh, any, he's too vital. X-book, X-character, X-this, X-that. Chris Just hasn't seen X the Marvel
6: solicits this month, then hasn't he? Chris ain't fucking access. buying no fucking X books. Oh yeah? Well then, I guess you're not reading. A- I guess you're not reading Agents of Atlas for the next few months.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'll read Agents of Atlas. I ain't gonna read X Agents of Atlas. No, I mean well, there, seriously, there that, no that's, a, that's actually that is, are. That, is, that is the sacred cow, of sacred cows in mainstream comics. People have read X books since Burn Claremont and have been trying to read books as good as those ever since, and they haven't gotten there.
0: I would take it one step further and say the anti-hero. I would dispose of that concept entirely. Okay. That that really that was a period in comics that put a uh, a wet blanket over the art form for a lot of years because Fair for for every what?
6: No, I was going to say that's interesting for you. Said does that somewhat maybe explain why you're not digging on the the dark rain at all? Because that's basically.
0: Well, I don't know. Uh, it, it could be, right. I, I the, That's what turned me off Ellis's Thunderbolts, was just how nasty they were. And yes, I know they were all villains, but I don't want to read a book about a group of nasty people, per se. Mm-hmm. But for every Wolverine who is a pretty well-fleshed-out character, you had a ton. You had Tim Vigil's grips. I mean, what, what there was a bazillion antiheroes. Um, Lobo... Which I guess you could. Good times Bovo, and bad. Yeah, there have been some Punisher. good Lobo. So. oh, Punisher, uh, Deadpool. Um, who else?
4: Oh, you said Grips, but I would have said I would have said Faust, but I don't. Um, <laughs>
0: Faust. Yeah, but that was yeah, drawn that's really. A, really I, bad. I
5: mentioned I mentioned Alien Legion earlier, so you have to put Jugger Grimrod in there.
0: Mm, yeah. I oh, Jugger
5: Grimrod was such such an. Yeah, anime
0: I guess you do, but just the whole uh, doom gloom that, Mm -hmm. No. What do you mean? No. No, no. no, What what the fuck do you mean, no? How can you you not call
5: Constantine an antihero?
0: I'm pigeonholing the spandex-clad superhero. Oh, uh, so they
5: have to be wearing fucking tights to be antiheroes. Yeah,
0: no, they don't. Constantine's just a bastard, but I would not put him in the same category as Ripclaw.
5: Well, okay, well, you said antihero.
0: Well, okay, yeah. Constantine so I, is
5: so like Jack from Cookie
0: Dragon Cutter. Force? Cookie Cutter superheroes who are darker than dark, yet they uh-huh. have uh-huh. some redeeming qualities. That concept Bat- just
4: pisses me Batman off. Batman from the nineties, or, yeah. or Dark Knight Man.
0: Returns? Uh, no, not so
4: much Dark Knight Returns. Uh-huh.
5: Uh, Mm. okay okay now now see here's the problem there's uh, a nice starting
4: rule when vince is talking
5: well (laughs) dark knight returns was really kind of a kickoff of that so it's kind of hard to go to the origin and say yeah that bad yeah i I think that i think frank miller did the anti-hero better than anybody did and 15 years you know, 15 years after that, people were still trying to catch up and do what Frank Miller was doing, and have it, you know, have any sort of the, you know, the kind of resonance. So I think I know where where Vince is going with the, you know, kind of the the Dark Knight Returns esque antihero. You know, more in constantly- terms
0: of what it did to the industry than Mm -hmm. the concept. It it, that really shut down a lot of shit for a a lot of creativity was put on the on the sidelines in favor of perpetuating this this, you know, balls out badass hero. We've seen it a million times.
5: The shallow surface layer antihero, yeah. as opposed to the you know a character like Constantine who is you know obviously multi layered, a lot going on with the character, a lot of different motivation there that makes it very interesting. It's the surface layer antihero that I think you know I, I, I just don't I'm like right it, yeah. there with you that that was way overused for for a long time, but I, I haven't seen that much of it lately.
0: No, it seems thankfully. Fun. Wood. Anybody else? What are you going to say?
6: Loeb. <laughs> <laughs> oh. is, is, is,
0: is he a sacred cow? Oh. Yeah, I think well, so, with the amount of pounds he sells.
6: Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, think, I think Miller's got a little bit of the sacred cow going on mm. right now.
5: So I think according I think to he, Miller,
6: according to I, Miller, he's seen Kickass and it's eleven out of ten.
5: <laughs> well, I, I think I think I think Mark Miller needs to write something really fucking good here real soon. No, I have not read Old Man Logan, which I've not heard anything bad about. I've heard nothing but good about Old Man
4: Logan. Well, I must be on a like.
6: You don't like Old Man Logan? He hasn't been feeling it so much. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Come well, on. Really I well, that that T-Rex
0: I have, is I have, worth the price of admission on its own. I mean, v- I've v-
6: almost v- not v- heard v- anything v- bad,
5: <laughs> but yeah, I think, Mark Mill- I think Mark Miller needs to write something really fucking good soon.
8: Hey, 11 O'Clock Comics, this is Brad from the Forms. Um, Just uh, got done listening to episode 63. In response to the question about your big budget movies, come on guys, of uh, gigantic like three hour traditionally animated big screen version of bone would be off the hook i've always wanted that none of that cgi crap even though i love cgi it wouldn't work with bone but get some like classic traditionally animated disney artists on that thing and it would be the most amazing motion picture ever that's my input love the show guys talk to you later
0: you know, I think we're missing the obvious answer here—the event. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, get a, rid of it. Even yeah, events that are masquerading as mean, something else mean, that really mean. are events, like yeah, Dark yeah. Reign.
5: Well, see, okay. Or, yeah, now, now here's the thing: is that is that I don't, I think that Marvel has done away with their events. I don't think that Marvel is doing events anymore.
4: At least, not just one long storyline. It
5: yeah. is. It is. It is a change in the status quo, and yeah. it. I don't think that. That Marvel is really event-driven anymore. I think they're status quo-driven. It's like this is what is going on in our universe. No, like Blackest Night. Blackest Night is an event, but I think it's an event. How they maybe should be run. It's it's fairly self-contained. Now they're they're starting they're starting to branch out a little bit more. Whenever I saw you know Blackest Night Wonder Woman, I was like, really? But um, it, it seems a little. A little bit more self-contained than uh, than like Final Crisis was. It's still an event, but yeah, a Dark Reign. People seem to be liking it, but it's just a status quo in that. But it, in that but
0: it is an event. It's an, it's it, by any other name, it's, it's still an event. Yeah, I guess it, when they don't a have man, a right? course, yeah, they don't have a core series of s- seven issues that you know the the main storyline. It's just one big damn story, but yeah. it, it it's still an uh, an event. Yeah. I th- I think anyway.
5: Events aren't going anywhere, guys.
0: I wish they would. That's, that's one of the things that's two. keeping me away from Blackest Night. I'm not buying all those books. It ain't happening. All
5: right, well. just, just I tell you what, just read the main series. I think you'll be fine just reading the, the mini-series.
0: We'll, we'll see and when the, the first, And up. the
5: first one was fucking awesome.
0: We'll see.
6: It was right, awesome. So we do more or we want to move on to something else.
0: Uh, I don't know. Did you guys read anything interesting this week? I got a little something. Why don't mm-hmm. you take it yeah. away?
6: So, uh, some time ago, we had our, our buddy Steve Bryant on as a guest. What was that, a couple months ago, I guess? Yeah. A months ago. And he had mentioned, uh, at the time, a book that he was loosely involved with called Bring Out Your Dead, It Tolls for Thee. Uh, and at the time, he had mentioned it in the context of uh, – I. he's listed uh, in the book as the art director, but I think it's mainly because – he helped with the layouts, but uh, he's, he's friends with the creators. So this is a book that uh, I had ordered at his at his uh, behest and kind of had forgotten about until it came in my DCBS box um, last shipment. And I have to say, I it uh, it it was for an indie book that's self-published. This is a small press book. It's written by um, James Heffron. Uh, he's the publisher as well. It's it's his own publishing company. It's called Raw Dog Comics. Yeah, Jim, um, Jim Heffron. You know him? Yeah. Yeah.
5: He's going to be a guest at Windy City. Jim's awesome. Oh,
6: there you go. Have you read this book?
5: Yeah. It's fantastic.
6: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so this book is, is, it's, um, it's, it's a horror book, but it's, it, for an indie book to stand out on the shelves, you know, they can only do so much. And I think this, this passes the look test because I immediately noticed it sitting in my box when it came. It's, 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 um, uh, it's smaller size. It's like a digest size. I don't have the exact dimensions offhand, but I'd say it's, uh, it's kind of like the size of a greeting card, but it's a uh, landscape. So you read it, it's, you know, it's horizontal. Um, and it, at its heart, it's a zombie story. And you get that from the cover, so I'm not giving away anything. But uh, but it's a really well-crafted book. Um, it's basically told in three X. The aesthetic of it is fantastic. And I'd like to know how much Steve had to do with this, because I said, he's listed as the art director. But... You know, you get these long horizontal panels when you open the book up. And like in the first chapter, the whole left, I would say 75, 80% of the landscape of the page just looks like black parchment paper with just um, stanzas of a poem um, in it. And then there's one or two frames on the right side that are kind of close-ups of action. You're not sure what the action is until it just keeps zooming in and zooming in and zooming in until you see what it is. Um, And then it goes from there. So it's interesting because the poem... Is I had I wasn't familiar with the poem, so I, I looked it up, and it's uh, it's a poem uh, called Wasteland, and it's uh, it's written by Madison C A W E I N, so Cowan I think is how it is, and he's a, a big T. S. Eliot proponent, and the poem I'm I'm not sure why they chose this poem. I mean, it's a poem about waste and despair, so it fits, but this poem sort of serves as a dialogue, if you will, almost like a narrator um, in the in the um, the edges. Or side panels of the book, uh, and basically it's a look of a small, a small coastal town that uh, is suffering from the plague in uh, the early 1200s. And because of the plague, basically the uh, the ruler of the land has shut off all supply routes to the town. And so the, the, the lord of the land is getting freaked out about that because it's he's not getting any taxes, he's not getting any any goods to, to sell. And so he starts taking more and more aggressive action to end the plague, which, you know, back in the day, you can imagine what that meant. That meant killing an awful lot of people. Uh, and as a result, certain things happen, which cause these people to, uh, as you might guess, uh, turn into zombies. And uh, over the course of the book, you're introduced to five distinct characters. There's a Uh, an Asian guy, a Chinese uh, sailor who's uh, shipwrecked and then he ends up in this town trying to find out a way to get back East. There's a a young girl who's a a farmhand's daughter who escapes the farm. There's a a metal, a blacksmith who uh, clearly has something in his past that he's trying to keep from his family. But, um, because of the zombie infestation, he basically abandons the promise he had made to his family to never kill again, uh, and a couple other characters. And basically, it's it's they're kind of the last men standing to fight off this zombie plague and, and right the wrong that caused the infestation in the first place. So, um, for a a book that I had no expectations about, bought it simply because <laughs> Steve had said these are good guys and uh, to give it a try. I was really impressed. Um, the art is solid. You know, I I would say that it's uh, it it's definitely a step above what you might think of 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 uh you know conventional self published art um colorings really good the colorings by Jason Millet who I recognize as the guy who who colored Athena Voltaire that would uh, be so. Jason Millet oh millet sorry uh <laughs> and it's <terrific laughs> also play. a guest yeah. at Windy City Comic Con oh there you go so i guess i can provide my <laughs> J- copy yeah yeah <laughs> Well,
5: Jason, uh, yeah, Jason uh, um, colors Athena Voltaire. He does. Uh, he colors Hillary on all the Mundens Bar stuff. At um, what's the um, comics,
6: comics mix?
5: Comics mix. Yes, thank you. Uh, Jason's awesome. He's he's a great colorist.
6: Yeah. So if you like uh, period pieces and you dig on the zombies, this was uh, a, a real pleasant surprise. You know, because I I, you know, I bought it and forgot I bought it, and then I thought. Huh, I'm not sure, and then uh, it, the layout got me to give it a chance, and then I was glad I did. Very quick read, um, and uh, definitely not your average zombie book. So I know uh, there's lots of listeners out there that dig on the horror. So definitely give it a try. It's 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 probably going to be hard to find, frankly, because it's you know it is a self-published book, and I doubt many shops pre-ordered, and if they did, they probably have already sold it. But uh, but you could go to LawDogComics.net. I think that's the law, the website, and probably order it directly from there or uh, probably find it online easily enough, I would imagine. And so. you can, mm, It sounds really um, good. If you're in the yeah. Chicago
5: area, you can definitely. I think that uh, that Jim will be set up at Wizard World Chicago. Um, so if you're going to be at Wizard in the next couple weeks, uh, check him out, and uh, and then he's going to be at Windy City, so it'll be available there. And um, if you want to, uh, if you want to talk about Neil Adams, there's probably no better guy. To sit down and talk about Neil Adams than, than Jim, yeah, huge huge Neil Adams fan. Like he looks for artwork from
4: Continuity Studios guys just because
0: it's good <laughs> stuff.
4: Two weeks in a row we talked
0: back on there. That's right. I oh, scored a out bunch out. of them at the at the flea market this week. Sweet. Yes, yes. Uh, well, and uh, Jason, that was relatively inexpensive too, wasn't it? Uh,
6: uh yeah, it's um. You know what, Vince? I have to look at the cover price because I'm sure I you know I got it for the. DCBS discount here. Let me see what the uh, inside flap cover price is. Jeez, you put me on the spot here, buddy. Might have to edit this while.
0: I love it. That's okay. <laughs>
6: uh, let's see. I don't see a price anywhere on here. So,
0: I believe it was less than ten bucks, and it's fairly thick.
6: You got me, dude. I, I can't okay. see a price anywhere on here. Yeah, it's it's
5: it's a it's a pretty sweeping epic, so it's um it's good value. I read
0: something. So, I started something. Um, in between, you're always starting something. In between the Comics Journal. And this will show you how much of an elitist I am. I am rereading the collected editions, and they're from Titan Books, of Simon Furman's first work for a U.S. publisher, as far as the Transformers go. It reprints Marvel's Transformers, issues 56 to 80. It's the Matrix quest. You want to talk good, fun, just flat out, Entertaining giant robot comics, mm-hmm. nobody does it better than Simon Furman. And Marvel had them in, what was this about, David, about 88? <sighs> uh, cover price is still a dollar, so had to be around 87, yeah, yeah. 88. Uh, it's, it's a long, sweeping epic that pretty much comprises everything that's great about the Transformers. And there's going to be a couple spoilers. The return of Megatron, Power Master Optimus Prime. <laughs> spoiler,
5: Prime. <laughs> spoiler, Megatron comes back. Well, yeah.
0: Um, uh, 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 Headmasters? Uh, Headmasters, yeah. Scorponok is the leader of the Decepticons in uh, Megatron's absence. Jeez. Uh, Bludgeon, Octopunch, and Stranglehold versus Grimlock. Frickin' Bumblebee and Jazz. You get the origins of Unicron and Primus. It, this is such a good series.
5: Your love and fascination for Transformers never ceases to amuse me.
0: It's, there's something about a sentient robot that can turn into a toaster that really lights a fire under my ass. I don't know what it is. I've always loved the Transformers.
5: Let me tell you, I've got a get, I've got a gift for you. Whenever you come into Chicago oh. in a couple of
0: weeks. Oh yeah, Jason, say sookie, sookie.
1: suki suki. Suki suki there. <laughs> yeah.
0: The the death of a major character, and as far as I know, um, I don't remember the end of this series, but I don't think he comes back. Not Spike. No, not Spike. Uh, Starscream. No, Starscream, augmented by a pretender shell. There's um. It starts off really subtly there's appropriately enough a deception played on the Autobots which gets them in a certain location to allow something else to happen and there's a battle they they find Primus in the in the at the core of Cybertron, there's a battle that... A sleigh be- pool's in the, in the middle of it? No, that begins, and, s- and Primus <laughs> is uh, a stray... Come on, you should even react to <laughs> I, no, I'm not going to react because I'm talking Transformers. Uh, <laughs> Primus, stra- come on. I love Primus. A stray shot awakens Primus, and when Primus speaks, Unicron listens, the chaos bringer. So that's the prophecy. Primus and Unicron were these godlike... F- uh, beings that fought for almost an eternity and uh, in, a, in a nutshell, they were fighting in the astral plane and when they came out of the astral plane Primus impacted this, sh- this chunk uh, let's just call it an asteroid and that's how Cybertron formed and Unicron <laughs> impacted a planetoid and dude, it's freaking <laughs> great stuff
5: You know what I just heard? What? Blah 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 blah. <laughs> blah, Yeah, <blah. laughs> hey, I'm sure for Transformers fans they're like, "Oh yeah, fuck yeah!"
0: No, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know what it is. This, this is
5: t- t- okay. What what is the collection that Titan has put out?
0: There's four of them. Isn't it called and, Too Many Puppies? The one, the one I'm reading. No, it's it's Tales from the Punch Bowl. The on, one- give me something here. I just did <laughs> Tales from the Punch Bowl. <laughs> the
6: primus jokes left and right, you're not even giving me one of them.
0: <laughs> I followed up on it. Obviously, you're not up on your Primus lore. <laughs> Tales of the Punch Bowl? Why no one's <laughs> big big brown beaver? That's on the Brown album. But anyway, uh, what is it about these British? Writers like Simon Furman, this story reads like an issue of 2000 AD, but it's Transformers. So it has that unique British spin on it, but he kind of tailored it for American audiences, but it still has that air of 2000 AD. And later on in the series, the the original uh, issues were drawn by Jose Delbo, but later on someone called Jeff Sr. comes on, and there are pages you would swear were done by Walt Simonson nice yes and the letterer is jim massara again a john workman clone i don't know if they planned it that way but it's very much in the in the groove with thor certain pages certain pages not so much but it's great stuff and you can get these titan books transformers collections used on amazon for like two bucks a piece hey
8: eleven o'clock comics this is uh, be Mercy, or 23 from the forums. I'm calling to pimp a little something that I know you guys have mentioned a couple times, but really everyone should be reading, talking about uh, the Muppet Show comic book by Roger Langridge. Now, it's just so great. Um, you're, you guys complain a lot about not getting your money's worth for a two ninety nine comic. You know, it takes you like five minutes to read a big action scene. And this comic is, you know, standard cost two ninety nine, and standard size twenty two ish twenty two twenty three pages, but it is going to take you longer than five minutes to read. It is just filled to the brim with um, jokes, background puns. It's uh, great. There's skits. There's musical numbers done in the comic. The art's amazing. It's Roger Langridge. Um, it's really worth your money, and everyone should be picking it up. I believe Boom Kids is releasing it as like a bunch of interconnected mini-series. I think they renumber them every four issues, but it's essentially ongoing. The first four issues have just been released. They're great. I think they're releasing them in trade paperback. Everyone needs to pick it up. Uh, And connected to it is they're doing a bunch of adaptations of classic novels with the Muppets uh, the first issues, I think the first two issues of is R- Muppet Robin Hood are out and they are about just as good um, they're funny they're, the art's amazing in it, they've got cool covers by uh, David Peterson of Mouse Guard fame um, and again, you're getting your money's worth it took me a good 10-15 minutes to read not a big action scene. It's awesome. Everyone should be picking it up. All right. Great show, guys. Talk to you on the forums. Nice.
4: Yeah. Eighty issues of a four-issue miniseries.
6: Oh. Right. Oh. Right. <laughs> Oh, he just put, He just he just wrecked your. Crew. No, 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 no. It's called popularity.
4: It was it, it was it was a four issue miniseries. The fifth issue came out, and on the 80th issue, it said issue number 80 of a four issue miniseries. Yep.
0: Yep. Oh, and, it did. Yep. Well, and who awesome events, huh? who no. appeared in the in the initial four? What did they? What old hat trick did they use on the Marvel readers to to get people to buy it?
4: <sighs> they had a Bill Sienkiewicz cover on the first issue. The writers were uh, Ralph Macchio and Bill Mantlow and then they put Frank Springer on
0: pencils. Yes, but what character appeared on the cover? Oh, in the- oh, in the
4: 4 issues?
5: Of
0: yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Hey, David my buddy, he oh, knows. Oh, yeah. Black yeah,
4: Black yeah, costume yeah, yeah. Spider-Man. Yep. Oh, that was good stuff. I remember that. That first issue cover is Awesome, with the wit- Wiki's in the background and Optimus. Oh, you're talking on, oh. about the, the actual Marvel series? Man? Yeah, this is a great yeah. friend of
6: those. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, well, then oh,
0: it's okay now. It's a freaking Marvel yeah, no, yeah, series. Yeah, cool. yeah. Dude, Bring it on. It
6: has Spider-Man in it, so it's I'm, cool. Uh, don't confuse man-making promise jokes with shitting on you. Chris was shitting on you.
0: Uh, nobody was shitting on I was you. Chris not was having fun. was shitting
6: on you. I just said that it
5: amuses me that he talks about Transformers with such love and I reverence. I do.
0: I don't know what it is. Power Master Optimus Prime, badass. Jason, give it me just, a badass.
5: I'm badass. I, <laughs> I read Witchblade for 100 issues. This See? amuses
0: me. We all have our little Our ridiculed loves and, and Transformers mm-hmm. is mine. Yeah. Yep.
5: True, true. Go. So there we uh, go.
0: Another fine episode.
5: Yeah, not bad, not bad. We did all right. I'm I'm exhausted.
0: Me too. I'm pretty tired, but I can talk about Transformers more if you'd like to listen. <laughs> Matrix Next Quest, week. seek it out. i say Go one get One thing,
6: it. Uh, I much like Vince has uh, enjoyed the Transformers movie above all the uh, the criticism.
0: I have a sneaking
6: suspicion I'm going to enjoy the GI Joe movie because I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I, I, I am such a G.I. Joe fan, and, and, and it, it's, it warms my heart in such a way because of my childhood in the in a similar way that Transformers t- does to Vince that I really, I, I don't think I'm going to need much from this movie to, to entertain me. I don't, I, I think it's going to, it's not going to have a high high bar to leap over to, right. to make it work. Baroness looks hot. To yes, but there. I'm a little scared,
0: though. I'm a little scared. Throw a Wayans brother into the mix. You've got a potential yeah. disaster.
4: Yeah, he's trying to be all serious, too.
0: Two words in an ampersand Dungeons and Dragons not a good movie
6: Wait is he uh, is he playing Big Lob or is he
0: I don't know who he's playing
6: Oh it'd rock if you play stalker
0: But I think Mr Echo from Lost called, is yeah. playing Roadblock isn't he What's that Mr Echo from Lost is is Roadblock
6: I think that's right yeah I'm pretty sure I Don't they call him Heavy The Dennis
0: Quaid man come on Interspace
6: Heavy duty now, right? Or heavy metal? Yeah. Heavy duty. Yeah, heavy duty.
0: Yeah, I'll probably yeah, go see duty. it. I'll go see it. But I don't, I'm not expecting much. But well, I I, I will it, be. I bet you I'll be entertained.
6: For what it's worth, the, uh, I took the boys to the toy store this weekend. And they had a huge display of the new G.I. Joe toys just oh, came out last week for the movie. There's tons and of I gotta them. And I've got to say, they freaking are cool as hell looking. And they're the three and three quarters. Because they've been putting out the last two years, hasbro has been putting out all the classic toys. Yeah. You know, Yep. That has been, re- and I've been dying for the boys to want to get those because they remind me of the toys I had. But these new ones are, you know, this, they're perfectly compatible with the old ones. But they're for, for, the, and the stuff looks really freaking cool. Yeah. I mean, Zartan looks cool. The vehicles really look cool. So, I mean, if if the stuff looks like that in the movie, I'm gonna groove on it. I think the, the
0: only thing that got me, I got a little chuckle. They had at the end cap, they had a big vertical illustration of Storm Shadow, and he's got a briefcase in his hand yeahs ninja bit, to me, yeah, every ninja carries a briefcase around.
5: <laughs> hey more still more money with a briefcase than you can with a gun, there you go that's
0: the truth, Chris Jason, I do the same thing with my son though whenever we go to the toy store, he 'll be jonesing over the Ben Ten figures i'm like, yeah, yep. but look at this, bumblebee at this. transforms, see, and I try to, steal oh, no, to man, tra- man,
5: I watched me some Ben Ten this weekend it's pretty
6: fucking badass oh, it's
0: really Bruce. good.
6: Uh, we we I, got into the Ben Ten Alien Force, and then now we've now we've been watching the older Ben Tens. It's legit, dude. The Man oh, of Action yeah. group deserve mad props for that. That is a, a series I was sleeping on, and it's really good. I yeah, I really like it. It's
0: good. Every frame of that thing drips Jack Kirby.
6: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Nothing wrong with
0: that. No. <laughs> come on. All right. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. As usual, this episode has been sponsored by DCBS Discount Comic Book Service. Huge wumba discounts on your favorite comics. And they're just great people. They'll get them to you on time at the frequency you request. And you know the rest. So check them out. DCBService.com. I'm a little upset Jason didn't snicker. I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. Can you you do it so I can hear it? (laughs)
5: Thanks. All right. (laughs) It's pretty pretty fucking weak.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Sorry,
1: man. Yeah. Uh,
0: In your travels. Once again, do yourself a favor, pick up a copy of the comics journal. Issue three hundred is coming out very soon. It's an exercised issue for fourteen ninety five. Grab it, enjoy it. And if you're looking for some good superhero comics, again I'm gonna repeat what I said last week. Read spawn. It's good.
5: There you go. I'm I'm getting sleepy, but I think I'm gonna read a little something before I go to bed tonight. My eye in the collection and after uh reading Captain America six oh one, I'm I'm jonesing for some, some of uh, Gene Colan's more awesome work. I think I'm going to read The Essential Dracula, Tomb nice, of Dracula,
0: sorry. Nice. Mm. And right keep, an eye out for, keep, keep an eye out for Night Force, too, which was another mm-hmm. one of those underrated books.
4: Yeah. I read the first issue, and I was very pleasantly
0: surprised. Uh, and what the hell, read Marvel Divas. Yeah, you're right. I agree yeah, with you. You're right. Point. It was really good.
6: Mm-hmm. It was, surprisingly so.
0: Uh, and keeping
6: with the Marvel, if you want some good all ages fun with some absolutely beautiful artwork, please, please, please read Pet Avengers. Nice. Off <laughs> it's uh, third issue just came out. It, uh, each issue has gotten better. Uh, Eliopolis is best stuff in my opinion by far. And, uh, nice. this Ig this egg I, I know David, you said he's done some Marvel adventures work. This is the first yeah. of five and the dude has got crazy, crazy chops. So, uh, a lot of fun great for the kids i read it to my boys they 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 can't wait for each issue to come out and uh, sweet by all means
0: so I heard ahead. they call him the ginsu in the marvel bullpen cuz he's got crazy chops
5: yeah okay on that and note. Say, uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> ending <laughs> on a lulu <low laughs> <was> terrible say bye <laughs> <say> bye terrible, <bye-bye. laughs> terrible. I'm sorry i'm sorry say bye bye let we talk about
6: comics bye-bye.
3: bye bye
4: hey
2: you come here listen hey you.
1: Yeah!
6: Fucking bar bros, suicidal falls do the nail cap fights over something, little powder pop slide. Conversation update.